This episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by the one and only shaving system designed specifically for people with coarse, curly hair and sensitive skin, and that's Bevel. Bevel wants you to start shaving smarter and say goodbye to razor bumps today. Not tomorrow, not later, but right now, today. Created by the young, game-changing entrepreneur Tristan Walker, who saw a void in the health and beauty market, his goal is to make health and beauty simple and accessible for all people of color. Go to GetBevel.com today and use promo code FREEJACK to get the first month of your Bevel subscription for free. That's free, no charge, internets. Go to GetBevel, G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L.com and use promo code FREEJACK, F-R-E-E-J-A-C-K, at checkout. Start shaving smarter with Bevel. Stop shaving like a bum ass and shave like a king. Go to Bevel. Internets, internets, internets. You're tuned into the Combat Jack Show, combatjackshow.com. Listen, we need you to go to iTunes, rate, subscribe, comment. We need those stars. Listen, go to our SoundCloud page, man. You know what I'm saying? Subscribe. And rate, we love to hear your comments, man. We love to hear your comments. Um, we still have merchandise available, right? What's yes, up with sir. the merchandise on a yeah, Shopify page? Yo, the camo hats, snapbacks are sold out. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, internets. We got the blacks, and we got some. You're welcome. <laughs> Yo. And we got some shirts for the ladies and the gentlemen. Yeah. And uh, hit up that Shopify joint, man. <laughs> hit up the <laughs> shop. Yeah, they, they, these guys are live already. Pl- Listen. Pluralize everything. <laughs> Listen, internets. Internets. I told you all about our tour. We're starting our tour June 23rd, New York City, Brooklyn, New York. We can't yeah. tell you the exact location oh. yet because we don't want to get smoked out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? By the NYPD. You know what I'm saying? New York City is very hot right now. So let's oh, make this right. a very peaceful event. But I'll see you on the 23rd starting in New York. I don't know Ooh, what yeah. the next city is. I think it's Philly or Boston. Oh, UK. UK. No, in in UK, we'll see you in July 12th. Yes. I'll UK's see you in the United Nations. <laughs> uh, I mean, the United... You see all the fucking... Yo, he got, <laughs> go to the United Nations. Yo, I'm going to the United Kingdom, London. Listen, internet. It's so hard to fucking have a straight face here. Wait, before I start this interview... Yes. Before I start this interview, let me wake up. I'm it's, very tired. You ready for this? Let it's me nice to see you wear sneakers. Let me crack this monster right Right here, thanks for our friends at Monster. Let me take this sip. He was wearing suits. All right, twenty <laughs> shoes. Listen, suspenders. Let me. Let me ties. PC bow ties. Pre combat. No bow ties. Let me welcome. Pre combat. That's it. That's All right. what it is. Wait, wait, the show's he over. Is, he's PC. straight combat the, the, now. The show is over before it they starts. Got the fatigues on. Internet. Let me welcome <laughs> to the Combat Jack Show. These guys right here are the fucking blueprint. Of, yo, 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 they won't fucking stop laughing. They won't stop laughing. I'm coffee now too. So Yo, listen, you, internets. <clears throat> Are those sold on your oh, man. merch site? <laughs> no, because he got the fatigue hat. Yeah, he got the fatigue pants. No, 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 no. These, these. Oh. No, no. Well, that's a good. Yeah, that's a sad. good. No, no, these are Ralph. That's a good. I know. We used to have stretch Armstrong camouflage underwear. That's really? right. Yeah. For real? Yeah. Stop real fucking around. Yeah. Listen, internets. Let's welcome to the con. Let me just squeeze this shit in, man. Pause. We got Stretch and Bobito. On the Combat Jack show, these guys are the blueprint. <laughs> Listen, man, fuck, fuck the intro, man. What's the, what's what's so fucking no, let, funny? Let them, Stretch, tell them what the fatigue underwear was. <laughs> no. no, you had fatigue underwears for sale. 
<laughs> we can't start. This is this is a, this is a milestone right now. Tonight. Yes, this is huge for, for us, bro. For, Why is for, this for, huge? for where have you where, we love where you, you came from? Where you at now? Where what we've been doing? This is this yeah. is this is huge right now. So no. we can't start it off on the silliest note. No, but I started off however the fuck y'all want to We're, start well, it off. Well, it's it up to you. so much. I want my sons it, to listen to this. He's gonna listen to this. Yeah, yeah. He's he, <laughs> you know, Bobby, Bobby. You don't curse around your son. No. How old is your son? He's two and a half. He's uh, he's, he's two he's, years from cursing. He's two years. Is he, <laughs> all right. No more curses on the. Don't worry. Hey, uh, Manor, Uncle, Uncle Stretch just, is going to set him straight. Hey, Manor, Manor, can you can you can you for this episode specifically? Bleep. Can you bleep all of the curses out? Nah. Listen, nah, nah. gentlemen, it's uh, so good to see you, man. Yeah, pleasure, man. It's amazing you know, to be here. Can I can I just say one thing? I know we were supposed to have you guys on the show last like, fall. Last fall. Yeah. But you know, I have this thing about. Press runs, I hate fucking press runs. We mm-hmm. get that, we get it, and you would get you get that. We get it because when, whole... when we were on the radio, that we weren't about coming up to promote anything, right? Just come up to do it. So and, and, feel, and we feel that. And this episode is kind of Fine. fortuitous because I I watched the the, the stretch of Abito radio that changed lives last week mm-hmm. on Showtime, and I was just dope. commenting on Showtime about how the show it was so the the, the documentary was so dope. Um, and I think I, what I what I specifically what I tweeted was I thought it was so special that both of you guys had your moms mm. on the documentary. And then Stretch was like, "Well, when are we coming on the show?" And I was like, "I was about to curse." I was like, <laughs> yeah. "Next week, man." So I'm I'm glad that that, that we finally made it, man. Yeah, no doubt. Yo, no doubt. Showtime, huh? I mean, yeah, uh, Showtime was a huge deal for us. We premiered um, May 18th on the network on the channel, but we also available on Showtime. Anytime, Showtime on demand, Showtime online, anywhere. Anytime. I think the Hulu Hulu app got the Showtime Wait, on Hulu. I believe so. We on Vimeo, iTunes, uh, YouTube. You can download, stream, rent the film on many platforms. We have more platforms that are international that are about to set off by the end of the year. So I mean, the film has exceeded exceeded expectations in in so many ways, and um, you know, we didn't really do a proper press run we did hire a publicist and and you know and, and go out there but i mean you know me and stretch being who we are we know most of the press right like we've been doing this for a long time we we're in media ourselves so you know a lot of it wasn't like really press where it was like oh so tell us about the new film and it was just like us bugging out the way we're gonna bug out with you right you know right now it's yeah. just it was just really reconnecting with a lot of people like angie and you know, these are people that we, we're down with, people many, that are in, many, the film. in the film. Yeah. Yo, what I appreciate about the documentary, man, is is in this ever-changing world of, like, New York and hip-hop and, you know, what we came up on, radio, and, yo, that shit... It, sorry, Bob. Don't worry about it. Sorry. Just no, run no, with no, it. No, no, it's you your get, show. Yeah, this is your yo, show. Listen, listen. I'm this gonna, is your if show. You, if you gotta, it's, it's y'all. It's no, y'all. Like, like, how can I not curse with y'all? Did y'all not curse on the show? Our, our show yeah, was like a curse... School. Yes, <laughs> so I, I, just, I just want to curse every other word. Yeah, we uh, we had safe harbor. A lot of people don't realize that with the FCC, right? Mm. And um, a lot of stations would self-impose uh, profan- uh, uh It's late. Um, they would self-impose their own standards, censorship. right? Censorship right. and WKCR, you know, gave us free reign to free reign. Yeah, so. Yo, li- that's why. Yeah, we weren't. We weren't. We weren't. I mean, we were breaking rules, but we weren't breaking any specific right. rules. No FCC actually. rules, right? I mean, um, listen. Lo- let me start, man. Let me start. Um, 
What were your expectations with the documentary, man? Well, uh, first of all... Because you said it exceeded all expectations. What were your expectations? I think we just want to... Well, let me say this. Let me backtrack. There were about four filmmakers back in the 90s who attempted to make documentaries on our show, um, which became a blessing when we decided to do this film because we had amassed a... An, an incredible amount of video footage that no one had ever seen. So, but that said, I think we were cautious about making this film because of the ginormous licensing issue. Like, can we have these freestyles in the film? You know, how much is that going to cost to for the master and the publishing? And then, you know, there's there's instrumentals that Stretch was playing that never were released and was the sample clear? You know, there's like so many issues. Did you have to get artist clearances also? What we what we did get was a fair use claim from a, a, a you know the most respected attorney in that space, and at that point, there was law. There's law that exists um, that probably started maybe six or seven years ago. That in the context of educational documentary filmmaking, so long as you don't abuse the content, the, the co- the content and it's, it's not for entertainment, right. but it's it, there's there's commentary about the, the 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 limited use of copyrighted material, which is what we did. I mean, and, and it's germane to whatever larger point you're trying to make. Did you say germane? Yes. What I love when he uses that 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 what? and tactile. I like my tactile. favorite tactile. Are we going? Are we going to go there tonight? <laughs> tactile is not really. Uh, Jermaine knows is a great I, word. I like. I, I've, I've never is, heard. I've never heard anyone say that. Com- say you that saw in, that in a, in in a, a document. Com- I've, I've, I've always heard. It. No, I've read it. <laughs> yeah. I've read that word. But yo, that's that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, I thought it was a French word. Jermaine. <laughs> so anyway, so the loophole Jackson, is that, what? So the, <laughs> yeah, the loophole is that this was for educational purposes. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, people. Since the film premiered on on Showtime, have been coming up to me, you know, up in Harlem, and I'm sure it's happened to Stretch, and you know, people love all this '90s music and had no idea about the backstory that me and Stretch represented right. for these artists, and and uh, you know, it's it's a time that's lost. It's not just a, a documentary about you know this great '90s movement. I mean, it's it's a documentary about eight. A shift in how people consume, how people learn, how people listen to music, and, and it's also a documentary for anybody who's involved in college radio, community radio, you know, mix shows. Like it's it's representative of all of us who were who come from that generation, and um, you know, so it was it was a uh, when I say I talk about expectations as as the the writer and director of the film. You know, there were moments that we we were all as a team like, yo, like, how is this going to come out? Are we mm-hmm. going to be able to to nail this point for all the diehard people who tuned into us back in the 90s and for all the new audiences who don't know about, you know, case in point, cat in my, that works in my building, he was like, yo, I want to see the film. Word, go check it out. So he watches it on Showtime. He comes back to the next week. Yo, Bob. Yo, I listen to the Big L Jay Z freestyle every day. That's my workout song. And didn't know it was you. Didn't know it was you and Stretch. He was like, "Thank you." You know what I'm saying? Like he was like literally like bowing, like like yo, thank you. And I was like, 
It's crazy. A lot of people know that freestyle don't don't know it's us. So it's it is it's it's an education. You know, it's mm-hmm. funny, man, because coming up with with your show, it was such a ref- it was such a great reminder. But how is this affecting people that didn't come up from like the new generation that are watching? Like, what are you hearing from them? Like, other than that, like, what are mm-hmm. you hearing from these cats? Like the next generation that didn't get to experience a live listening of the Stretch and Bobito show. I mean, I think that there are two types of within the hip hop space. There are two types of young people. There are those that are just completely enamored with the new artists, what's going now, and that's great. You know, one one thing that we've we've both said in in promoting this film and talking about it and and, and interacting with audiences is we're not trying to. This this film isn't isn't a statement about. I mean, in some ways, it is a statement about what's going on now, but we're not trying to rain on 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 anyone's parade right now. Right. Right. I know that if you're if you're 18, you all you know is what you know, right. and you love it. All good, but I'm surprised by how many young people, you know, on Twitter, Facebook, and whatnot, that like, yo, they might their entry into our film might only be might be Jay Z. Mm. That's it. They might they know Jay Z, they know Big, but. So you know that that piques their interest or Eminem, and they just step into this whole world they knew nothing about. And I've gotten a lot of we both gotten I think a lot of incredible feedback from from cast me like yo I'm 18 years old like I'm I'm just really figuring out what the real hip hop thing is and 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 just thank you and and now yo I just bought this CD and mm. or, or I downloaded this album and <laughs> it's it's similar you know when when we were when we were coming up in the late eighties and, and in the nineties and, and if we look back 20 years, you know, we were looking at James Brown, Sly and the Family yes. Stone, the meters, all these, Stevie Wonder. all the source music that, that, that producers use to create, you know, the, the, these anthems of the late eighties and nineties. And, and the, the, the artists coming up, the, the, the fans coming up now and the producers coming up now, their reference is 20 years ago is hip hop. Right. It's a, it's a, Really, it's it's their Motown. Twenty years ago, yeah, mm-hmm. the nineties is their Motown. Exactly for what but, the sixties were for us. But up if in the if 80s. we think about how how obsessed we were with old music in the eighties and nineties, there's got to be there, there is, I'm sure, you know, a, a good amount of people that are looking back to the nineties for the same kind of um, you know inspiration, but also just to learn about you know where everything comes from. At least I'd like to think. No, so. no, you're, you're you're absolutely right, man. I have three. Teenagers. I mean, that, that, that's got to be the success of the Combat Jack show, right? Because yeah. I've heard some of your interviews, and I mean, you're, you're giving such detail and depth. It's an education for. I mean, that's that's the whole premise of. of it's the, it's of a the premium podcast. right now for yeah. people that didn't that didn't live or experience that. Mm-hmm. And I, what I was going to say is, I have three teenagers: mm-hmm. a nineteen-year-old, an eighteen-year-old, and a fourteen-year-old. And and I don't. I mean, I I did my best to like plant the seed in terms of what I thought was great music across the board, across all genres. But I find right now when I listen to what's coming out, particularly my 14-year-old, like he's listening to Paid in Full. I never told him to listen to Paid in Full. He's mm. listening to Ready to Die, which I never told him. You know what I'm saying? I told him Big mm. So he's like, as a Tribe 14-year-old, Quest. Tribe Called Quest is always coming out of my three Did sons. he see our film? He didn't see a film. Yet. Okay. He didn't see it, but he yeah. will. He definitely yeah, will. I, I watched it alone. Or, but it's funny. I, I like to think of, when, when you think of classic hip-hop that is made from sampled beats mining old records that is really almost a different genre from what they call hip-hop now because they can't make that anymore it's so cost prohibitive yeah no of course right i mean it's it's stylistically it's so different and of course just you know right now you know the all the hot all the hot hot rappers you know they're it's 
their records are four minutes of hooks. Right. That, that's it. There's yeah. no there's no lyricism. So it's a, it's a totally different type of music yeah. almost. You know, and and so so there's no reason why a young person wouldn't become completely enamored with '90s hip hop. It's its own thing. You know, I had, you could, or you could like both. Right. It's funny because I had the opportunity to speak earlier today with De La Soul on uh, on Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I said, why isn't your music available for sale? Like on, 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 you know, on, 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 what is it? On, on fucking Apple Music? On, oh, on, yeah. it's, 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 and it's because of the samples. They still haven't so, resolved so it, them, yeah. and, and it's not worth it to Warner Brothers, yeah. they were saying, to invest the time and the energy to really clear all the costs that it would take to have it on these, these streaming sites and download sites, which is crazy to me because that's almost like a crime, like to not have the, 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 the De La Soul catalog <laughs> available in 2016 to a whole generation of new cats that would love their catalog, man. So, so it, but, but, you know, and, and Stretch and I talk to this point a lot, the fact that it's not accessible might be an incredible thing. You know, because the people might be like, yo, if I want to hear De La Soul's music, I got to hunt down a secondhand vinyl. Mm-hmm. Or, and then it becomes a smaller group of people who, who you know, demand it, find it, you know, and di- con- and continue it. And continue to evangelize it so passionately. Yeah, exactly. And then the people who don't know about it, like, then it becomes, you know, this mystique. That's I mean, it worked in our favor for our show. Like, a lot of people missed our show because mm-hmm. it was on too late. And so if you didn't have your boy or your homegirl that taped it for you and dubbed it, or if you were overseas hearing about what was going on in New York, it it raised the the level of mystique, you know, and that's why we had such a cult following. The, the, the value, because you had to actually work. You had to put following. effort. You had to put effort. Yeah. Yep. And that's in any facet of hip-hop. That's the, Any element has been at its best when the most amount of effort had to be put in right. to produce it. That goes for art. That goes for for rhymes. That goes for for beat making. Goes, goes for, for shoes. DJing, goes for shoes. Sneak, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might, it might go for anything. Yeah. Let me it ask. Might, you. It goes for girls. It goes definitely goes <laughs> for girls. Like, the harder right. you work for a girl, the harder panties ain't coming off. Camo panties. No moisture. No moisture. Camo panties. Yo, we gotta sell camo panties, yo. Boy shorts. Boy shorts. Internet. Internet. Yo, what? What? If you go back, what was your first? Each of you respectively, what was your first hip hop moment, man? Well, Bob's is actually earlier than mine, and that's because he's Puerto Rican. <laughs> that's a little. That's a, that's a little racist, man. Nah, that's, come on. That's, that's not racist. That's, 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 that's racial. That's racial. Racial. That's racial. That's racist, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, Bob and I lived. Uh, you, uh, I feel like you just said I didn't realize you lived directly across town from me the whole time. Like I thought you always knew where I, where I, I came know. from. I didn't know that until we did the interview for the, the film. film. Like, whatever. <laughs> I grew up on, on West 97th. Right. I grew up on East 96. Right. Literally, like right across right. from from. But world, worlds worlds apart though. Um, not exactly. Not, not no. really. Not mm. really. I mean, you know, Central Park was my playground, and we right. we play softball and football with with kids from the West Side. Right. And and in fact, I played softball with with Curious when I was a lot younger. Because when oh, I right. finally met Curious through Bob, I mean, George has such a distinct look. Right. And I saw him. I was like, he Yo, does have a distinct I look. I played softball <laughs> with that dude like five years ago in Central Park. <laughs> I know it, and it wasn't him, but. But the funny, yeah. the funny <laughs> Wait, thing, it wasn't him. No, it was. The, but the funny thing is, my man, you know Robbie Gibbs? Yes. Attorney? Yes. So Rob's from New Rochelle. We went to soccer camp together. 
Rob comes down from New Rochelle to stay at my, mm-hmm. my house. We lived on 96 between Park and Madison. His mother said, don't go to Central Park. Mm. I said, what? I go to Central Park all the time. Let's right. go to Central Park. We go to Central Park. We play softball. George is on, on the opposite team with, with a bunch <laughs> of dudes from the west side. We play like eight innings. You got robbed. And then they had the bat. <laughs> we had the gloves. And we were like, all right, guys, we want to go home. They had the bat. They were like, all right, give up the goods. Really? They took all, right. all our shit. So that's why you remember George. They took his jewelry. <laughs> oh, my God. The gloves, they took his the little bats, herringbone. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Little fancy New Rochelle kid got robbed. So I remember George. <laughs> I remember George. Yo. It was foul. Yo. So anyway, going back to the question. So so I grew up on, on East 96. Yes. I went to Manhattan Country School, okay. which is a really progressive school mm-hmm. with a with a sliding uh, tuition. Right. So you paid. Was it, it, is it Quaker at all? Or? No, okay. no. It's super progressive. Like it, was, it was founded by this man, um, Gus Trowbridge, who... Um, used to mar- march with uh, Martin Luther King. It was was a? I mean, we had a gigantic mural of Martin Luther King. And how and, big? Uh, eighteen kids in a class. I'm They're, saying, how big was the, how big was the gigantic? Oh, was you know, I was I was you know teeny, so right. it was probably like uh, three by three. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one day, so, 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 so I went. So I went to school with with, with a lot of yeah, kids. I, why do I feel like I'm on drugs right now? Pause too, by the way. I know, but hey, yeah. I went to school with a lot of kids from from Harlem right. and some from the Bronx. And and one day, they were all rapping "Rappers Delight." Just like one day, and and That's I was crazy. totally intrigued. And I was I was already playing drums. I was deeply into into music, buying records, and. What, that, what 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 were you into before you heard hip hop? What, what 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 were you playing? Oh, I was I was a Beatles fanatic, mm. uh, you know, Queen, The Police, a lot of rock stuff. And my sister was older; she was, she was getting into disco. She used to listen to WABC. Mm-hmm. So there was, she had WABC. She had all the forty fives, right. you know, Donna Summer and, and and whatnot. So that was also influencing me. But then Rappers Delight came out, and that weekend I bought I bought the Rappers Delight twelve inch, and it was kind of. It you was knew, on. You, you knew it was something. It was on from right. from then on. It was on. The, so yeah. you were you were hooked. Hooked. Right. Hooked. And the whole school got hooked. We, my my sister in seventh grade, in sixth grade, they had a musical in school. Now we're talking. This is like 1981. They had a musical, and you're talking about black kids, white kids, Latino kids. This musical was half rap mm-hmm. in 1981. Right. Wow. That's crazy. You got to tell Lin Manuel Miranda that. Yeah. So Hamilton. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy, easy. Nah, I'm playing. Barbito, what about you, man? Uh, well, I was fortunate. Um, you know, growing up on the Upper West Side and, and uh, you know, I was surrounded. I mean, I grew up on 97th Street between Columbus and Amsterdam, which right. is directly across from PS163 Playground, which is known to the world as Rocksteady Park. Mm-hmm. So Ken Swift, Doze, Rocksteady Crew, you know, foundational members were my boys. I mean, we used to play football against each other and everything. And and I can remember uh, seeing Doe's, he did a a, a top-to-bottom wall in his bedroom, which was unheard of. In the 70s, they were like... Did your mom knock you out? You know, knock is you that, outside is it, head? is it called graffiti if you do it in your own crib? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I guess it yeah. depends if you sneak it past your parents. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, so I had the good fortune to see you know people breaking right in the park. Like this is pre Lincoln Center, pre you know ABC News, pre right. wow, you know. The so first you were early, tour, you yeah. were so pre 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 rappers delight. 
right? It was pre, a pre. Well, yeah. I also had to. I went to 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 grammar school with a cat named uh, Craig Radix, and he was a member of Zool Nation, uh, nineteen seventy seven. He was the nickname was the original rocker, Crazy Craig. So he rhymed. He, he he went to the floor. He went to yeah. He went took it to the floor. And, and just, I'm 11 years old, being introduced to this. Now back then, you know, truthfully, it was like oh another cool thing to do. It was like okay, let's play Blackula, let's play Skelzies, let's play you know, um, Ring of Lavrio one two three. Let's rhyme. Let's break. You know, it was like there was no sense of sustainability right. or some burgeoning culture that was about to become embedded throughout the globe the globe you know really until that moment where rappers delight where it was like oh okay this is on record now and it's exploding and you know it's it's being commodified again this is all in retrospect you know as a kid mm. as a as a preteen and a teenager it's just just all about experiences and and just being trying to be down like you know, this Try is to cool. be down. This is how we move. This the, is this is you want to be down. Life, you right? want to be down by law. Down by law was like down that by was, law. That's that was the the thing you you know tried to to attain. So back then, and I already know the answer. You had you had even no idea, no concept that this was going to be a part of your career at all. Oh no, not 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 whatsoever. I mean, you know, we uh, I think we both were just sort of giddy nerds. Uh, who were diving into a culture? Hold that, on, hold on. What we didn't know that this was going to be our career or a, a large part of our career, even once we got on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we we didn't know we were going to get on the radio until days before we got on the radio, yeah. and before that, we hadn't even thought about doing it. We just, wow. I mean, we we spoke about it, and then. In just the weirdest way, the way the way things never really do work the out, it worked out. Flows. Yeah. It just yeah. was bananas. Right. And um, but for me, on the other hand, when I well, the first time I stepped into a nightclub and saw a DJ, I knew I was going to do so that. So you knew you wanted. And when was that? Well, first of all, I saw some of the the nastiest DJs I think ever. I went to the University of Virginia for one year, and they'd have. DJ Frank Ski would come down mm. from from I guess was he in DC or Baltimore, and he would just kill it. There was another another DJ on campus named Spinbad, not not the Spinbad right. we know, another Spinbad, and he was just nasty. And th- those were like the first DJ and, and another DJ named Fly Guy. Um, and I would just see these guys on campus just ripping, you know, all, all the service fraternity parties. Right. Right. And um, you know, I I'd go to all those parties because that was if you wanted to see a, a DJ, that was it was either that or go to the the the, the cheesy fraternities right. with all the all the preppies and right. that was not my thing at all. Right. Coming from from New York, I was much more aligned with with what was happening in the service fraternities and DJs. Was, you know, because half the scene, half half the people at those parties were coming from up north. Right. So and they're playing incredible music from all up and down the Eastern Seaboard, go go, hip hop, house. Um, but then when I was back in New York, um, actually no, no, I'm, I'm I'm getting my time confused. Before I went to college. The first club I went to was Nels. Mm, and Nels. What, Nels year, what year? That was in, in 88. 88. And, Bob and that's was, when Nels was Nels was exclusive. crazy. Right. Nels, that's Nels when Jessica and, was at the door. Yeah. Jessica, Jessica was at the Rosa door. Bloom that's when Lano Brazil was, she, Jessica was dating Lano and yep. and they were, Lana was throwing other parties, DJs like Duke of Denmark, Jules. Basil. Basil, Frankie, Belinda. Belinda. 
And um, and that's when Russell just started getting into. Oh, the, come on, you Russell. You, that's you, how I started listen, working at Def Jam. Listen, okay. it was nothing to be at Nell's and see Russell show up and hand Frankie doubles of a of a white label Def Jam white mm-hmm. label. It was like Public Enemy number one. Right. Boom, it's on. Right. No one's no, that crowd. I hadn't heard it because that wasn't the crowd that was listening to to Red Alert and Marley no, not religiously. At all. But not at all. he'd throw it on and the place was just went crazy. Was bananas going right. off, and um and. Just the energy in there just made me. I was like, "This, uh, this is gonna, this is gonna be me." So you knew it was gonna be uh, that. That absolutely, okay. yeah, yeah. And, but but that's not the same as being like, "I'm gonna be on radio and become right. like this." It was what, still what we did like, is a different thing. It was still more like in in your mind, being a DJ was it? Going, were you were you looking to be professional, or you just knew you had to DJ? I knew that I had to be downtown in okay. clubs, right. DJing for as many right. people as possible. It was just. It was just. I mean, I couldn't think of a thing that I'd rather do at the time. Right. Now, Barbito. Now, how did you meet Russell? Well, um, you know, it's funny that that Stretch mentions Nels because it's just something that we have never talked about in all the you know the interviews that we've been. <laughs> it's the Combat Jack. It's the Combat Jack. So, uh, I went to Nels with a dude named Sake, who was a writer. He used to hit the Ding Dong lines in Brooklyn pretty hard in, in the early '80s. And um and it was Sake who introduced me to Pete Nice and Search, mm. and we all met the first time pre third base or they had they had become the group third bases since 1987. Right, and, three, the, uh, three the hard way. Yeah, with three the hard way was was Sam Seva. Dante had I think had a hand in, and Dante Ross had a hand in introducing all all of them to each other. And Pete Nice had on low cut Air Force Ones, all green with a white check which you could only cop at one store in the world, which was up in the Bronx. There was a spot called Jew, Jew Man's. Man's. Jew Man's. So right Yo, then how did, how did Jew Man exist? Like, isn't that so un-PC? Could that, could that exist? I don't think it was, was that the, the nickname of the no, shop? It was it was the, it, no, no, the real name of it was Ro, Rosie's Dry Goods or something like Rosie's that. Rosie's Dry Goods became S- Jew Man's. Wow. To the, I mean, you know, to the hip-hop world, to the streets, it was called Jew, Jew Man's. Man's. Back, and he, when, he back even, when we didn't give a fuck. The dude, no, but the dude that ran it, didn't. he ran with that. Yeah. Like, he loved it. Jew yeah, Man's. I mean, was, it, it, come it's, buy my shoes, yeah. Yeah. So, made I am Jewish and a man. What's the problem? What is the problem? I'm a Jew Man. So, um, in any event, uh, so you met- it, 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 it made me, it, 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 we hit it all off, we hit it all off because me and Mark played ball. Mark had played at Riverside Church. I had played pro ball in Puerto Rico. You and Mark Pete was both, at had, Col- both had crazy wavy hair. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Pete Nice was playing at Columbia. You know, he got the Air Force One. So now he's seeing my sneakers, searches into sneakers. So all of us, and Search could dance, and me and Search at the Nels. Yo, this is all happens at, at, at Nels. Nels. At Nels. And so, and we, but we didn't know each other at Nels. But, right. But I was in Nels as at the same like, time, same day. all the time. Right, right. Yeah. I, and I was too. Like I Yo, was at Nels. I was at, Nels was so I was at Wesleyan. Yo, I was at Wesleyan until nineteen eighty eight. But, but, but can we can we make it clear though? Yeah. For everyone that talks that Nels talk, the nineties is not what we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about the eighties. We're talking yeah. the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Nels was a different the spot Nels. To be in, man. Yeah. Just, I'm just so, thinking of all the women back in the day. That so, was so crazy. I graduated yeah. from Wesleyan in nineteen eighty eight. Right. So the the thing to do was to yo, we got a ride. Word. Let's go to let's go to New York. Let's go to Nels. So we exactly. would drive two hours. Right. To 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 be penoid at getting at the at the at the gate and hoping that Jessica Rosenblum right. will bless you and let you in because yo we was, just drove two hours to and get she to was this scary. spot. And Jessica she was, was scary. scary. Wait, let, and she showed us love. But let's right. paint the picture. Like if you if you pulled up to Nell's 
in 87, 88, you're talking about, on average, at least 50, maybe 100 people outside trying to get in. Mm -hmm. And For I a mean, club that only ha held like 300 people Bedlam. inside. Yeah. Bedlam. Six people deep. Only 300? I would, yeah. Two, I, maybe more. Maybe more. But, but anyway. But two six, floors. Yeah, two yeah, floors. Two floors yeah. Six, yeah. Maybe more, seven maybe more. people deep in a full semicircle. You can't even, I mean, to get in, Jessica had to point and then the security would, would open up, would part the seas right. and you'd come in. And walking up was a, it was an ill feeling. Like it you really was. Once you got chosen, <laughs> you floated in. You felt so, but yeah, <laughs> but then you were the man. I, 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 yo, me and me and my boys, we used to go because we we were friends with a with a with a cat that was a little bit older than we were. Right. So he and he was fly. He dressed in all black. So he was like, yo, you want to get into Nels? You got to dress fly. Yeah, you got to yeah. dress put on all black. All so black. we would we put on the 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 black mock neck turtleneck. What from all, from canal jeans wherever. Yeah. And and seriously, like like this isn't even a brag because to this day I don't understand why it happened. But I remember walking there and the the first time. And Jessica sees us. We're, we're, we must be like ten yards away, and she right. sees us and she points. Let him in. We're three like nineteen-year-old dudes. We got no money. We're not with girls. We're not pulling up in some kind of. I, I maybe we looked interesting and right. artistic. I don't know. And but from, you stood out. And from then on, it was it was, it was nothing. It was on. Right. It was like home. Yeah. Bananas, but you felt kind of ill walking past the crowd because that was sweating, people were mad salty. I just didn't want to look anyone in the eye yeah. and feel real, real guilty. I would have looked everybody <laughs> in the eye like, hey. Yo, tell me this ain't true. If when if you, if you got into Nell's and then when you broke out, you would see dudes outside Same that have been standing yes. for like two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still standing, standing like waiting it. to get in. Like, yeah. yo, can I get in? Like, yeah, yo, yeah, da, 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 I don't I'm know what to... I could do for you, bro. But uh, I'll see you I, next I remember week. specifically one day I had a pair. Don't say, don't say hi to those dudes. I had a, uh, <laughs> yeah, a that, that might that might bring your value. Down. <laughs> I had yeah, a that's pair true. of a burnt olive uh, khakis on, right? And a and the Diodora's the Diodora Mavericks low cut. Um, they weren't volleyball sneakers. They were like like uh, court shoes. They weren't basketball right, shoes. Right. They had just came out. So I was fresh with the Diodoras, my khakis. So I, I I looked hip hop, but I didn't wasn't like like extra. Yeah, it wasn't. It was like subtle, like subtle. And I think that's what Jessica like. She would. I don't know. I, we got. She had that. She was. No, we had her on the show. She was curating the curating. She was curating because she was a downtown girl that was For like, sure. I don't want this to be a Lily White club, right? Right. Even right. though that's that might be what the what the agenda is. Yeah. She was like, like she talks about how Russell was sweating to get in. She's like, Yo, that's Russell. He has to be in. Hey, yo, Internets, this portion of the Combat Jack Show, the sponsor of the Combat Jack Show, this portion right here is sponsored by the one and only Bevel. If you don't know, Bevel is clinically proven to reduce and prevent razor bumps, discoloration, and irritation. Up to 80% of black men and women struggle with razor bumps, and up to 30% of all men and women encounter razor bumps as well. Multi-blade razors only cause more irritation to the skin, but the amazing Bevel razor uses a single blade that cuts hair above the skin, not beneath, not subcutaneous, so you can avoid those painful ingrown hairs. Those nasty bumps all around your chin, neck, back of your neck, well, all of that is finally gone with Bevel. Bevel's Enter Shaving System was designed from the ground up to give you a smooth, bump-free shave that includes a pre-shave oil, badger brush, safety razor, blades, shaving cream, and a cooling, restoring balm. Bevel is here to take care of you and keep your skin smooth. 
So get the first month of your Bevel subscription for free by entering promo code FREEJACK, F-R-E-E-J-A-C-K, at checkout. That's GetBevel, G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L.com. Promo code FREEJACK, and you're on the way to smooth skin. Stop shaving like a crab, internets, and shave like a king. And now back to the show. I'm out. Oh, so going back to 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 to, to that, so yeah. Russell would, would be in there. So Russell's, I was with Pete and Serge when Russell signed them, right? And I was in Burt Padell's office when they became ah. he became their financial. You know, I was I was down with them. Right. Like I was really down with them, and so they introduced me to Russell. And then you know, they one day they were like, "Yo, Dave Gossett is moving up. They got a new." Position, Dave Gossett. Remember what up, Dave? Dave listens to the show. Yeah, man. he's what up, Dave? good dude. Be yeah. forever thankful to him too, because yeah. he he took he you know when I got in when my, I got my foot in the door, Dave was one of those dudes that really took my hand. Was like, Yo, Bob, here this is college radio. You could develop the department, da da da, and I ran with it. So that's how that's how I started. Now how did, now y'all met. Index. So basically, Nels was our LinkedIn.com. Yes, LinkedIn.com. <laughs> oh, and and there's more. There's more to the Nels story. What's more to uh, the Nels story? Because did we mention Jules? Yes, you mentioned. We her. did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Because um, I was friends. I I became like the baby of the bunch of this clique of of English cats, which included DB. And and uh, and this, what do you mean English cats? DB like, who, do, who worked the at UK. Profile. Right, okay. He worked so, at Profile. And before he worked at Profile, he right. he he did Deep. Okay, with right. Frank, like which is an incredible, like a it was a great party, really pioneering party, right. like mm-hmm. really like one of the first raves that 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 happened regularly in in New York City. The first place I heard back to life. And um, um so the so I was yeah. hanging out with this with this crew of, of English cats, and and one of them um was a you look kind of Brit, though, man. Eh, you know, Polish, close. Her name was Nadia, and I was, I was actually friends with Nadia's sister, and I became friends with Nadia. Nadia was a waitress at Nell's. And um, there was another dude that used to be in clubs all the time. His name was Earl, and he was like an intern at Def Jam. I remember Earl. But Earl Bro- used to bro- front. Brother Earl. <laughs> Earl used to front like he was the man at Def Jam. Right. <laughs> And act like he could give out records and stuff, which right. really wasn't I, the case. I gave that him was, his job, did right. Yeah, I got that him was that him was Bob's job. Like, don't usurp Bob's job, but whatever. He he, Earl invited me to Def Jam. He's like, come down to Def Jam. He just wanted, <laughs> you know, you give me some drink tickets. You come to Def Jam. It's all good, you know, tip for tat. So I'm walking to Def Jam, and I bump into I bump into um, Nadia, English girl. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going. I'm going to Def Jam. <gasps> oh. Oh, I have such a crush on Robert Garcia. Oh my God, <laughs> moisture! You have to tell him hello. <laughs> moisture. I was like, no doubt, cool. Because at that point, I just knew Earl, and I don't, and I think when I got there, Earl wasn't even there. But I stuck my. I, there was no one. Nah, I, Earl was there. Earl, Earl walked that, you in. Did he? Earl walked you in. He did because there was okay. no there was no reception. Simone. <laughs> the place was, was empty. Was this right? after they banged? This was this after like like security got. What year was this? No, this is eighty uh, nineteen ninety. So we're 90. still at six fifty two Broadway. Right, right, right. Yeah, there's nobody bonds. there. Right, but this was after because I was there from eighty nine to like I didn't even make it into ninety because Andy Tavo got fired. But I remember like if, like some dude came and was banging on the door. About somebody else's royalties, and then the security got a little thick in the front. Didn't it? at one point we did right. have a, a, but it was, a not that day, not, not day. that day. That yeah, day but like, we did have security right. um, after a while, just because right. that was uh, the smaller of things that happened right. 
at, at Def Jam slash Rush Artist Management. Yes. That, that day was easy breezy. <laughs> so you slide in. So I walked in and um, and I stuck my head into this into the conference room, which in a short amount of time I'd become intimately familiar with because I I eventually interned there and then actually got a paid internship um, to avoid going to school. Right. Um, but I stick my my head in the door and I was like, "Yo, is is there a Robert Garcia here?" And I, and there's there's a <laughs> Latino brother stuffing <laughs> records in the envelope. He's like, "That's me." Yeah. And we started talking and we ended up. You, did you deliver Nadia's message? I did not. You did, did not, not. No, Bob. No, you I, didn't notice Operation CB. I think. No, no, no. I may. I was not. I probably. I would. Was Nadia bad back then? I would have told him for right, sure. Right, right. I would have told him. Yeah. Um, she didn't have the Taft, so he wasn't interested. I, no, I, uh, she was. I remember she was very nice, and um, <laughs> she was very nice. Very, very nice, nice. <laughs> nice young lady. She what up, Nadia? Nice. But that it was great because you know from that moment on, me and Stretch became stupid cool. Like, like what? Did, how, how did y'all bond? What the hell? Yo, me like we look, literally look. left. We left the office, right? And was like, yo, let's let's. He was like, yo, I'm gonna go visit my girlfriend. She works at Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's. I'm oh like, my yo, god, the one on Third on Third, third Avenue. On third she Avenue, she yes. was 16. Yeah. I was 19. That's that's appropriate. That's y- age appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm over hey, 18, listen, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. illegal, perhaps. But it's, the statute of limitations has passed. You know, it's New York. Yeah, it's We're New liberal. York. Yeah, it's exactly. So, so, so you guys we, walk we over. We go to Ben and Jerry's, and you know, me and his girlfriend, she's beautiful, she's mad cool, and yeah, we just, you know, we just hit off. We talk about music. You know, obviously, I work at Def Jam, so that's, you know, I'm giving them records. I'm sure that helped out the the friendship early on, maybe. And I was a club DJ. And that helped as well, right? right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we just hit it <laughs> off, man. So you guys are building. You guys are, are strengthening this bond and this relationship. How did KCR come about? Well, I was a student. Wait, at- let me, let me before he responds to this, some of this is detailed in our film. Most, and I, uh, and uh, I want to encourage people. Of course. I want to encourage people because you're, you're getting the granular version. Yes. And in the film, you which get is the, needed, like, what, which is okay, needed. Okay, what does, that, is fucking, it's what only does so- that mean, granular? Like, I'm not, I'm not that smart, Bob. This is the... the, the the finer, yeah, okay. yeah exactly, exactly. Finer details. This is, uh, finer details. Thank you. Yeah. This is high definition. Yeah. Ni- this is ninety six k. This is this is uncompressed wave file. Yeah, so okay. ahead, Stretch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I was a student at Columbia, and the summer before that, I uh, matriculated. Her. Um, I went. To, I went to KCR because I was like, so you saw Vanessa. I was like, hey, Vanessa. Wait, who's Vanessa? Hey, I'm going to goose you. Wait, who's Vanessa? I'm going to squeeze your tush. Who's, who's, who's Vanessa? It's, you didn't see the... You, it's in I, the movie. I don't remember, I, I don't remember seeing Vanessa. It's an imaginary name I okay. made up. Goes, I, and, hey, I just, and I don't know why Vanessa. I said Vanessa. Hey, Vanessa! Why Vanessa? <laughs> it was an Italian girl in a okay. pizzeria? No, it's a, it's a, it's head, a radio station no, it's, at Columbia University. It's, okay. it's a, Maybe it was like, hi, Simon! It's a tender shout-out to the film. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Stretch and Bobbito, Radio That Changed Lives. Radio That Changed Lives. Yeah. Stretch and Bobbito. Documentary film. Um, on Showtime. Or, so I went to KCR the summer before uh, school started, and I went up there, and I was like, hey, yeah, I'm going to be a student here in the fall. I want to do a hip-hop show. And they just they really kind of just played me out. Right. They're like, no, nah, <laughs> that's not happening. Close the door. What that were they it. doing? What, what was it? Was it like? I mean, KCR is a you know very sort of ivory tower, you know, opera and jazz, 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 and world music, and you know maybe a a, a sad you know broadcast of a Columbia football game. Mm. That's it. Um, and uh, so that was that. And then I became friends with uh, with this guy who was the head of the jazz department. And one day he came up to me on campus. It was the, it was the fall of '90. He was like, "Yo, yo, Adrian." I wasn't stretch. I wasn't even stretch right, yet. Right. 
Yo, Yo Adrian. Adrian. He knew he knew I loved hip hop because like we lived in the dorm and you know my yeah I was blasting De La Soul or Public Enemy or whatever and every, everyone just knew I was the hip hop. Right, you hit the hip hop guy. And um, hip hop. So he told me that there was a hip hop show in KCR, thinking that that I'd be into it as a fan. Right. And I was like, uh, 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 no, 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 I, I, that's my show. That's your show. And I went to the station and I pleaded my case and I convinced them to, to give me a slot. And we were alternating week to week with with the guys they had initially given it to. Right. Who and, were the guys that they initially gave it to? Um, I forget their names, but they were some students that. Um, How was their show? It, one kid, one kid was black. His name was Black Caesar. That's right. That's right. Black season. I forget the other dude's name. Um, I I caught a little bit of one of their shows, and there was a a lot of laughter, but it wasn't really funny. Right. It, it sounded like they'd been drinking, and okay, so and, they were um, loose. They were loose with it. A little loosey goosey. Um, and you know, it, it became a it became kind of a, a competition. Who How did you get Bob show? involved? Oh, because I wasn't going to go on the radio by myself. Right. So, you, as, so a, you, as a as a white guy in right. New York City, I I had no plans on talking. Right. I just wanted to DJ. Right. And weeks before this happened, Bob and I had been talking about, yo, let's try to record something in the studio and see if, if we could get it to radio stations. And we Kiss didn't even FM know how the syndication WGLS thing worked. Something but, like that. Right. But something, right? right? And then this opportunity came about and it was on. Bob, you remember him approaching you? Of course, yeah. We won 104th Street and Broadway. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, clearly. Yeah. It's in the film. Yeah, it's in the film. It's in the film. We're, we oh, we went to 104th and Broadway right. and, and shot that part of the film where we reminisce about so, it. So when you when you get this opportunity, do you, do you think we've made it? Or no. Do you no. think we have to compete against it? Do we have no, to? No, it no, no. No, see, we're, we're, right now we're in such a 2016 frame of mind right. where everything is about a, a, a stepping stone a to something B. else. Right. Everything's about promotion and... And and advancing yourself, and yeah, we're all about that. But back then, Bob was working at Def Jam. I was a club DJ, so being on the radio, that was just going to be like the funnest shit mm. that in the world that we could <laughs> do. Yeah, that was yeah. it. It was going to be amazing. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. This is going to be amazing. Like no, as, no aspirations of right. that's it of transitioning it to commercial radio. No transit. No syndication no distributing tapes no no politics merchandise no. just bugging we out just like, playing amazing music laughing dope freestyles inviting word. the artists that we loved up and having the sickest tape it was on a, a friday weekly, it was a weekly event it was literally like a weekly party right. on air right. and if you listen to the tapes of the early you know 1990 91s or if you you know catch them digitized online and stuff you hear that energy bounce off you know, you know what, no. I, what I appreciate about that story is it reminds me of our origin story because when we started this show, we had a huge cast, no aspirations. To me, it was like, yo, this is therapy. Like, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm getting away from all the stress, mm. you know, in the world and in my career and in my household, and, and, and I'm coming to this station, and we Dallas Penn, Premium Pete, like, yeah. like we're just talking shit and playing good music. So anyway. Or, you know, it's... um we. <laughs> We knocked this film out in, I think, what, from the first meeting we had to locking picture was- 18 months. 18, 18 months. Right. And um, and there's there's one person that, that we did not interview, and maybe his story would never have made it anyway, but it's just, it's, to me, it's sort of a, an interesting cultural tidbit that, you know, as part of the Stretch and Bob puzzle. Um, the, the show before ours was called Reggae Rhythms, right? Reggae, Reggae Rhythms. Rhythms. And it was uh, it was hosted by um, this uh, Columbia student from Kingston, Jamaica, named Dylan Powell, who to this day remains a really a really good friend of mine. Right. 
he was the head of the Pan-African Department. Now, eventually, our show fell under the, the auspices of the, the new music department. Mm-hmm. But when we got on the rate, rate on the first place, it was the Pan-African show. There's not a lot that's Pan-African about me. Right. But... <laughs> The, I look at you guys and I, all I see is Pan Africa. But the decision to pick which show was going to get greenlit, the show with the with Black Caesar and his crew Black or Caesar. Stretch and Bob, right. um, f- came down to Dylan. Right. And um, yo, props to Dylan. He was like, yo, I, I, I just got to go with what's the better show. Right. And, and it really wasn't fair because... You know, Bob had connections through through Def Jam and Rush, and in 1990, between Def Jam and Rush, those ten, those, those tentacles reached everywhere. <laughs> Yo, did, you, did you rock your varsity jacket? <laughs> did you rock the Def Jam varsity jacket to the nah, to, to nah, KCR? Nah, nah, I, I had my varsity jacket on ice. Yo, you didn't. You didn't for years. Really, you didn't yeah, rock that yeah, shit. Yeah, Yo, that I, my, mine is, is in Paris. Really, I'm trying to get it back. Yeah, I don't know. I think mine is in my mom's basement. Something. Did <laughs> I give you the windbreaker? Remember the windbreaker? That I didn't we did? get the I windbreaker. That. I never yeah, got the do? windbreaker. Yeah. It's white with with fluorescent orange. Yeah, and oh a hoodie. My God. Yeah. yeah, but um, so he he he. He gave it to us, and you know, I think it it, it could have been, you black. know, with someone else. He could be like, "Yo, I got, I got to give the it to, black to, to the Black Caesar show, <laughs> right?" I mean, yeah. but our show, we were, you know, we came out the gate right. really offering something that was, that was, uh, we really filled in a void. I right. mean, we had incredible artists. I was playing ridiculous records from day one because I was also uh, a record junkie right i mean i wasn't at that state you know when i first got on the radio i was i was barely getting any promos i think i was getting some like cold chilling and def jam Jam. everything else was just by but if you lived at downtown records every day and you became like a fixture there when those when those white labels came in for sale they'd hold them for you and i was getting records that that you know other djs from across the country would would get sent to them but like like what like what records man I mean, like the Tommy Boy A-list, mm. you know, records which had the A-list stamp, right. um, and just you know, mom and pop, you know, indie joints, you know, five hundred copies. That's it. Ron, um, Ron B, stitch by stitch. Yeah, I mean, just it's a whatever record now. Whatever records, just I remember when you played come, would come uh, and go. Two Kings and a Cipher. That two was Kings and a Cipher. Which record? Off a white label too. Which one, Daffy? Mo- moving on, them. moving Mo- on. Them, yeah, yeah. yeah, but that was on that was on, on a subsidiary. Zakia, R- wasn't that? RCA. No, no, that wasn't nah. Zakia. It was a. Uh, Shit, I did the deal with for them, Hak Islam's label. Yeah. Anyway, so that's crazy. That's that's how we got the show. Yeah. And um, who was your first guest, man? The first two guests were Lati La and Def, Def Jeff, Jeff. Yeah. But neither of them rhymed. Right. The 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 first guest to get on a mic were MC Search and D Dot from Two Kings and the Cipher, and they crushed. And Curious, right. who was and, our, and, our our and, our sitting guest, and, Africa from the JBs was on. I don't have a record I, of that. I have. I know. Your records are incomplete. I, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, I fell asleep. <laughs> okay, so, so. I don't know. He may not have rhymed. He may just. He I don't think he rhymed. Yeah, 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 I don't think he rhymed. So you guys have the connections in the whole nine, but how would it, like, how is the word coming out to the guests? How is it getting it out that they, that they can come to the show? Well, I mean, to, it, it was, it was a, a sort of um, multiple variables. So, A, um, our first listening audience is the incarcerated population of the quadruple state area, 
because we want from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. Right. And they're the ones writing letters to us. We're reading the letters on the air because they can't call up. And then they're so appreciative that they're, now they're our evangelists and telling everybody back home, yo, y'all got to listen to Stretch and Bob, da-da-da. Um, as far as the artist side goes, you know, I worked at Def Jam, Stretch Nuded, artist, you know, from the club circuit. And then, you know, there were just some sort of uh, key figures who came up, Lost Professor, mm. you know, um, and then Busta, we were cool with, with we're talking large professor main source yes here. yes yes, yes. Yep. um and then i pretty much like once large and and, and buster came up the floodgate buster was still just, lons yes yeah the floodgate kind of opened but, up but yeah one, i feel like once we had like you know four or five or six shows that that sort of opened the doors and and you know we could call i mean i called i called next plateau and the following week ultra came up i mean mm. that was that was bugged Yo, how, nuts how, for me. How was it? Have it? Because, Bob, I remember you always being like an Ultra fan back in for the sure, day. And he for missed sure. that show. You missed I, yeah, the fucking yeah. Ultra I, show? Well, I, it was, uh, I was, I think I was, was I sick or was that when I went to Gavin? One of the other, uh, you, you missed it. No, I missed, I missed it. I think I was sick. Right. And, uh, and yeah, Because I, I would have gone. And then you knew they came, so you got even sicker. Oh, I was I was tight, yo. I was so tight that I couldn't be there to hear Cool Keith and said G and TR Love. <sighs> it, but it was it was, yo, how, it was like, so surreal to make that so? call and how? and and next and a few days later, they're walking in giving me pounds like they 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 gave me. They were not uh, pretentious because these at the time this was like the biggest artists. Nah, they were. That you wanted on the show. Well, they Ultra's just always really meant something right. to, to both of us. Right. I mean, I think like if you if you made a. A chart of like Bob's taste and mine, <laughs> and where they overlap, <laughs> Ultra would be right in right. there. Yeah, um, and also recognize that the first record that Stretch ever played on our first show was Ultra mm. Ego Tripping. Ego Tripping. Yeah, that was the introduction, not, and it wasn't it wasn't the current record. Right, I just was like, oh, if if I'm writing an essay, this is my thesis, right? right. Um, and you know, by '90, Ultra, um, you know, that was before um, Papa Large came out, right? So they were sort of. And it's kind of they like, were eager to do stuff, right? right you know, right, and they right, were, right. They, I think they were just sort of sitting around at Next Plateau. Nothing was really popping off for them. They were probably a little Fucking bit frustrated and just looking, God looking, damn. looking to make it happen. Right. And they just, yo, those were just some like thorough, authentic hip hop dudes that were right. ready to just get busy. And um, they came on the show and and uh, pause and um, good pause. It was good pause. It was dope. Yeah, it was dope. And it was and again, it was just bugged out for me that I made one call and now Ultra <laughs> is in the studio. We also got to uh, recognize, and he's interviewed in the film, Maddie C. from Maddie C., yes. from uh, he was the editor the of source. the Unsigned yeah. Hype column, yeah. and so we had a a, a very like um, uh, mutually beneficial synergy synergy because ecosystem you know, we had an ecosystem. You know, Stretch and I would play an unsigned artist or group, and we let Maddie know about them, and then they would wind up getting. Featured in Unsigned Hype, right. and in the same way, like uh, you know, he had Poetical Prophets, who later became Mob, Mob Deep. Deep. You know, he told us about Crazy. them. That's how they came up to the show in '91. Is like you know, as as 15, 16 year old kids hit it from the back era, pre hit it back. This is pre pre, we, pre before, before they were signed, before Mob Deep was that's signed. Right, unsigned. That's actually not. So they, that, that's. I was working for Craig Kelman at Big Beat Records, Big Beat, yes. and Tammy was the, the Poetical Prophets attorney. Okay, I've got that demo tape. I I must be the only person with the poetical prophets demo, demo tape. tape, right? And um, and wasn't it Andre? I think 
Omega Supreme, Andre Kyle's. I heard he passed away. He did, yeah. yeah he was listening. Like, Big Beat was part of the Atlantic. I think he was Records. involved. Now, this is when Big Beat was completely indie. Okay. Yeah, we're talking. Mm. Uh, and Biggie, you know. 16-year-old Biggie. Well, actually, he was. He was 18. He was 18, 18 okay. in 91. Yeah. yeah. Um, we fact-checked after after 50 Grand, his DJ at the time. How was know, Biggie when he came on, man? It's a vague memory, right. you know, to be honest. He came up at like 4 a.m. He was tight. You know, as you, yeah, you know, it's a great story I, I, I in the lo- film. I love, I love. He was serious, it I, and I like that you keep plugging the film because we're gonna keep plugging the film. But, <laughs> but, but I like when, when, when Fifty Grand, Fifty Grand has a tape. Yeah, yeah, and and plays Biggie on the Stretch and Bobito show. Something that didn't make the cut is that Fifty Grand had that cassette in a safe all these years because he, he knew he it was gonna pull, be valuable. He pulled that out of the safe, right? to do the interview and share it with us. And, and then he put it back in the same. And that I'm is sure the first time Bob and I ever heard that. Since, other than, since, other than since, when it happened. Since it so, happened. so you don't even remember? No, like, I remember. I remember Big. Big had, I think he had an army jacket on. He had a red a red hoodie, a red champion hoodie. And, and, and Tim's. I, I remember, I, I'm pretty sure he brought a sandwich up there. He was eating a sandwich. But you got to remember was like, a, Huh? What? what was the the bad boy promo? The Big Mac? <laughs> or the Big was Mac? The Big Mac sandwich. It was before the Big Mac. It had yeah, to be before the Big was. Mac. No, it was ninety one. And but you know, a lot of a lot of MCs that came up to our show, it's it's hard to remember much about them because, you know, we were that premium platform for, un- for, for, for unsigned, unsigned. If you were unsigned dude right. or woman, you knew that. This could mean this was your this, shot. This could be the make or break of my career. Right. If I bomb, I'm here. You know, I, I'm gonna get egged. You know, or if I if I flip it, people gonna be talking about me on the streets. I might get a record deal. So dudes were like super uber focused. You know, and Biggie was one, of, and Big L was another dude too, who was like stupid cool when I bumped into him in Harlem. But when he was on on our show, like he wasn't. You know joking and you know yo what's up and uh, he was there like waiting he was like jordan you know Mm. in in the hallway coming out to play in the garden right and i'm I'm about to score 55 yeah that's how that's how a lot of mcs that came up to our show were like before we were going in what i love that you talked about on the show on 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 the documentary is you had no idea who was gonna blow you had no idea at all who was gonna blow like even Nas, the most anticipated album at the time mm-hmm. to come out of New York City. Did you have any idea that the kid was going to be a mainstay in this in this in this culture? I think with Nas, we, I think we 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 did. Well, yeah. I, I you know what though? Yeah, yeah. I think we knew that yeah. that that, that you knew. yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. Certain yeah. MCs, we knew that they would have impact, right? But whether they would actually sell records or not, I don't mm-hmm. think we could ever really figure that out because. I mean, you look at G Rap. Mm. I mean, G Rap. I don't think ever went gold. Right. He has two of the most important lyrical albums in the history of the, of the genre. Right. Right. One of the most li- one of the most respected. Re- oh, for sure. Artists. Like, I mean, he, deadliest. MCs. He is. He is. He is top of the food chain. There's yes. a lot of MCs that follow him right. that take yeah. cues from him, including Nas. Nas right. was a, a student of G Rap. Mm-hmm. Pun was a student of G Rap. It's clear. Obvious. Obvious. Right. So. You know, if G-Rap didn't go gold and we're feeling this way about Nas, there's potential that maybe Nas isn't going to sell records either. Right. We don't True, know but I, but I feel like 
We didn't know. I'm saying back then we just everything didn't know. that 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 led up to Nas making his first album, from all the influences to the evolution of of that style of production, as as epitomized by the work of all the producers that ended up working on Illmatic. Right. It 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 made once once we heard that record. Come on. Then you knew. Come on. Now, in terms of before we heard the record, Nas to us was a huge deal. To me, he was he was like the 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 second coming of of Rakim. We're like, oh, this is Rakim's son. And 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 in terms of the the merits of of just the talent and what that meant to us in the context of our show, he was the ultimate. Right. And and it didn't even so we weren't even thinking about whether he would blow up or not because in our world, he he no. already had. He had all the cosigns. Yeah. He had right, all the, right, the right, he already had. Right, right, right. Without 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 even a single out, he was he was as good as 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 you could be. Hey yo, internet! This episode of the Combat Jack Show is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. All of the best licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, and unique one-of-a-kind items delivered right to your door for less than $20 a month. And they guarantee over $40 in value in every crate. Sometimes it's a lot more. Every month there's a different theme and all items are curated on that month's themes. Previous crates have included items from franchises like Star Wars, Marvel, The Walking Dead, The Legend of Zelda, Daredevil, which is a part of Marvel, and so much more. May's theme was power, and it was only right that the crate included one of the most legendary items of power in the Marvel Comics universe, the Infinity Gauntlet. Fan bros, if y'all know what that's about, I'm talking about the Infinity Gauntlet. I'm so mad I didn't get mine, man. Uh, man, I need my loot crate, man. I need my loot crate. Listen. June's theme will be exploring some of the ways things can go wrong with dystopia. I wish we had an echo effect right there. And they're taking inspiration from movie classics like Robocop, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, The Matrix, and even popular games like Bioshock Infinite and Fallout 4. We've got a figure, a cool collectible, and of course a dystoporific monthly tee. You only have until the 19th of June at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive this month's dystopia crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. So go to lootcrate.com slash combat and enter code combat to save $3 on your new subscription today. That's lootcrate, L-O-O-T-C-R-A-T-E dot com. Promo code combat and save $3 when you order, when you order, and save $3 when you order your new Loot Crate today. Now back to the show. Who would you put your money on that you thought was going to blow but didn't blow? No, nah, I don't think we ever put money. It's like it's we. It's you have to. That's a very. Uh, the, you got to remember our context. Like we were up there to have fun, right? To yo to have the best MCs up that we knew or that we didn't know. You know, it wasn't like. The, I feel like when it when it came to the artists that that we really were, just emotionally invested in, just artists we really championed, we really loved. The more we knew about what was going on in the daytime business aspect right. of the development of the career, the less I wanted to know. Right. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy like OC, right? Like, OC, OC definitely. is oh my god, just a just a Trump like a times up. Like, he's a pillar yes. of 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 '90s hip hop, yes. right? Yeah. And um, times up is anthemic. And I and and when I ask you that question, 
I'm asking that question with OC in mind. Right. Well, he's, I mean, you know. Like, it's, you, OC comes to your show. But look, but OC. You're like, there's no way this guy can, can but, not but, be at the f- look, top of the food but chain. But OC had an uncompromised aesthetic vision. Like, he did not make the cheesy records right. to, to get on radio. He he wanted to make an OC, he wanted to make OC records. And those those albums he made are, are beautiful. Jones. Now they may not have, you know, gone gold or whatnot, right. but they, they they stand the test of time. But I don't think I don't think he believed that he was gonna do it any other way and have and have dif- different results. Right. I, I think everyone in that project was, you know, was like, yo, this is a this is beautiful music and, and we're gonna put it out. And you know, Nas eventually went a different route with his second album. You know, they they they, they went super pop. They went compared compared to Illmatic. They went bananas. Right. I mean, like I, I remember hearing that and 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 was like, you know, I was I was tight. I, I was disappointed. I was tight. I was disappointed. Damn. First, <laughs> no, I was disappointed. Yeah, I was, I was disappointed for a long well, time until. Get it now, though. I mean, like, I listen to it now, and it's, it's you know, like a lot of stuff that that we hated back in the day when we were super purists. Yeah. There's a lot of records that we listen to now. It's like, okay, we get the science, but I didn't give that record, you know, any attention once my first spin, once my first spin t- until like maybe like this decade. You know what I mean? Right. I Just to you. see, like, let me yeah. see, let me see what this record is about. Like, what did I miss, man? But to go back to OC, I mean, yeah. he he's an artist that you know was charismatic, intelligent, uh, great progressive. Beat selection. Yeah. yeah, the beats bananas. I mean, you know, times up. It took him a year. Supposedly a year to, to write, make that record to write two verses. That's how much time he put into that. What? That's an artisan. Yeah. You know, that's not an MC. That's not an artist. Crafts. That is an artist. That's craftsman. that's a craftsman. Right. So, you know, much props to OC. I mean, there's a ton of artists that that we would have loved to have seen sell a lot of records. But again, like that that wasn't our lane. Like we were just we were just happy that we were able to give them some exposure and the right people, the right audience appreciated, got a chance to experience them live on our show as well as the, the songs and that they recorded. Um, Tupac ever make a, uh, appearance on nah. the show? Nah, but he nah. did listen to he, the show. He, he, he listened. listened to the show. Yeah. Like he, 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 he called in or? Nah, he, I mean, and this is something we learned in interviewing Primo. Primo, like, yeah, we'd be all up, who, whose house he's in? They hey, show visit, show visit's crib. Shows and, and, you know, KRS would come over, Primo was there, show, AG, Drez, and, if Tupac was in town, apparently he'd be there, and they would just be up all night, <laughs> drinking and smoking blunts, listening to our show, which right. is crazy. Back then, man, when 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 you were doing the show, what were the biggest surprising accolades that 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 you received from cats that you didn't think was listening to the show? Uh, I, well, I think we we. I think when the the New York Times <laughs> wrote about us, but it was Neil Strauss who wrote it. Who was a, was a former, former station manager? Yeah, and now he's a celebrated author. Wait, the truth? The truth? He's the author of the truth. And and uh, the the game? Yeah, yeah. The game, yeah. yeah. I just the truth is I just read the truth. Yeah. So Neil Strauss was a bad Neil Strauss, Wait, Neil Strauss was a station gave manager. you got he was a station manager. Yeah, and then he gave you guys your first. No, ink I mean in, we 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 got we had a lot of ink before right. that New York, but in Press, the New York Times. Village Voice. But yeah, but that's the first time. That was the first time my name ever was printed in the New right, York Times right. and in a light where it, it was an article about the best of New York radio right. and, you know, the only hip-hop show that... that what year that was, was this? I think uh, 93 or 94. Damn, that's early. Yeah. Yeah, well... I mean, I not mean, early got, for y'all, had, but yeah, it's still got, early. Like in We had a lot of, lot of uh, like, the Gavin Report, right. you know, the trade publication. They, they voted us uh, best college radio show two years, two years in a row, row yeah. 92, 93. New York Press... 
gave us uh, voice. best voice, best right. late night radio show. Paper magazine had us in their best of issue. Um, what I mean, I, you know, I was always I, always surprised by. And then you know we we uh we got we got put on BET Rap City, UMTV Raps with Fab Five. I mean. We got a lot of we got Quincy, a lot Quincy of Quincy Jones came by the show. Hung yeah. out Quincy for, Jones for an hour. Really? Yeah, yeah, what was yeah. that like, man? Is that in a, is that in a movie? That's is nah, that in a docu- nah, that's not nah, in a documentary. Nah, nah. Like he came up. He he was brought up by uh, um, Steve Steve, Steve and John uh, Rifkin and Mojo. They of brought loud him up. records, and um, they had all been at the club. Quincy was lifted. What was and Quincy talking about? We took live calls and and you know. Wait a minute, uh, he's yeah. taking live. We took live. Yeah. Do you guys have audio of this? Yeah, 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 yeah. He showed up at four a.m. Why it is was, that not in the documentary? No, well, I mean, you know, I, 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 I like. Well, first of all, stretch and, and I'm not questioning your. No, no, no. Like, of course not. There's a lot of stuff eye. that didn't make the documentary. Understand? We wanted it for eight years, right. so you know, that's that's trying to condense eight years into ninety minutes right. is impossible. Um, but when, so there is a moment in the documentary where we're talking, reminiscing with Lord here about, you know, the funny phone calls and the comedy that was such a part of the show. And, and that's the moment that would have been perfect for Quincy to make his little cameo in right. the film. The unfortunate thing is that listening back to the audio, it was a lot more entertaining as a whole experience, but to, to get a, a, you know, 15 Slip second running. snippet of Quincy. So he's, he's sunned this one dude. One dude called up and was like, yo, Quincy, why? Something. And then Quincy said, you need to sit down. <laughs> 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 Do you remember that? Yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sit, sit down. Sit down, son. Yo. Yeah, t- <laughs> but then another dude called up and like, I guess there was some controversy surrounding Quincy and some dude was like questioning Domestic Quincy. Domestic violence incident yeah, or something. They were like questioning Quincy. I mean, you know, our listeners were raw back right. then. Like, right. Yo, why'd you hit, why'd you put your hands on blah, 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 blah. Damn, yeah. man. So, uh, but there was, so there wasn't no standout moment that we could be like, okay, feature without if without developing this for you know a right. minute so you know to, we, to we, keep the documentary moving we emailed his office to see if he would uh, reenact it but um, <laughs> we didn't hear back yeah right he's my man though yeah you know i wrote for vibe for yeah, 10 exactly. years and he was real you know real real loving dude so man. Is, like, is is that where the relationship started on, on the show your, uh, your relationship with quincy yeah not nah, you know i wrote for him i mean he owned vibe yes uh he was the face of the, of the publication but i never met him until he came up to to, to our, sh- our radio right. show and then after that, I actually interviewed him in my in my soundcheck column. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, yeah. man. Cool I mean, dude, man. Very cool dude. I mean, he, it's Quincy Jones, man. Yo, for, for me, look, a lot of lot of important artists came to the show either as unsigned or or even some some legendary '80s cats would come through. G Rap, like that was nuts. Yeah, Ultra. But I remember being at the Puck Building, and um, at some party, and I see Leor, and I walk up to Leor. I say, "What's up?" And Leor was like, "Hey, James, you know Stretch?" He saw him. James Todd. James Todd. <laughs> LL. <Yeah. laughs> and LL was like, yo, stretch off. I was like, yo, this is crazy. LL, LL never made it to the show, right? Nah. nah. That's so crazy. that's why I was, that was, uh, that was bugged out. Yo, LL. listen, man, with all the traffic that was going on there, and, and I mean, we Combat, talk- yeah, I have to say, I'm getting used to not calling you Reggie. I have to say, I have to inter- interrupt you that you're really good at asking questions, Hey, bro. what? Do you know how successful this? No, this I know. Show is? I'm, I'm, B. Uh, listen, when I, I did, I I did your show when it was both of y'all P, did the show. PC, yeah. Oh yeah, was it? the PNC. Right. So I did that show, right? <laughs> you know, after the show, I was like, yeah. So what's your listenership? 
You were like, yeah, like 75. I was like, 75,000? You are like, nah, 75. 75. <laughs> 75, and, and, 75 people. And I was happy. Wait, like, it's 74 right. now. You can see the numbers <laughs> in, in the chat room. So, yo, I mean, no, I'm, I'm yo, when, when you see good people do, yeah. do you know, succeed, it, really, it, it makes you feel good. And congratulations. I'm just fantastic. No, I mean, I you, you interviewed me before, too. And Premium Pete was here, yeah. Dallas yeah. Penn, and, yeah. and, and, and Gene Gray was here yes, that day, yes, too. Yes, and yes, I, had yes. a, I had a... Had a ball, right. you know. But I'm just saying, like, like you're sustaining this the energy and and the and the, the interesting questions over a because I want to know. No, I'm, but I'm just saying, like, I want people to know that you don't. I mean, you ha- oh, you do have a piece of paper. Did you <laughs> write down questions? Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, research. Come on, so ah. my questions. I thought he was doing all this off the top of the freestyles, head. Freestyle, oh, freestyle, freestyle. His I'm name. still impressed. Are you? You're not disappointed that I, that I I'm put my notes together. Stretch, we we should get. No, Stretch you, and we, I are working on. Uh, we can't c- give complete details, but we we're going to return to radio. Yes, very soon. That's what I, I wanted to and, know. And, and, and we will be form. doing. Wait, 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 no. wait, wait. The, yes. ra- the, the radio. The radio. Yes. It will not be a hip hop show. No. There will be some hip hop <laughs> elements. <laughs> There'll be hip hop elements. <laughs> I mean, I mean of you course, know, we are who we are. So, but I mean, we're going to have a broad based. Entertainment, you know, film, television, literature, we, 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 arts, you're music. On list. Yeah, you're on the list. Yeah, you're on the list. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's talk about your story. Let's, let's yeah. definitely do yeah. it, man. My question, though, before okay. before Bob. But I, but what I'm just saying is, yes. I, you know, when I was introduced to you, you were a lawyer, you were yes. an attorney at Def Jam. We worked together. I came like, in we, as a suit. We, we got cool joked people's. out. Yeah. I'm, so it's it's I'm like part of me is like joyous right now to see you in this space. Oh, thank you, man. Killing it. Thank you. you know? But anyway, back he to you. You don't wear suspenders as much. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't wear suspenders back then either. <laughs> Turtlenecks. Yeah, did we? Did we? Face. When I had my label and I was working with Tradge, were you working with Tradge at the time? Yeah, 25 to life. We we had some interactions back then. We had a lot of interactions. Did back you try then. to shake down Stretch for a little bit? No, no, a little no, bit. Not, a little not, bit. Not, not at all. A little bit. Not at all. And Tradge actually was one of my best clients, man. Shout out to Trash, man. Indeed, I got I I owe that that man a, a telephone call. Yeah, let's hope the number. I, is I tried valid. To, I tried to call him several times. And... You not, that's right. Before you before you got the show, we would just every once in a while you talk to Trash. Yeah, now nah, you talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trash, what up? Tra- to... <laughs> what up, Trash? What up? Um, all the traffic that y'all had, and this is the rawness of the '90s, man. Did violence ever break out? Ever. At the show? Yes, at um, the show or on the on the facilities, man. No so, one got no one got hurt. No one got hurt. No. Yeah, but I mean there were there, there were threats. Was, there were threats. My, like about my, what? My record, one of my crates became um, a frisbee. Uh, it just got launched across a, boom, a boomerang. Line. Actually, a crate, <laughs> a crate of records, a, a crate of records. Luckily, it was it what was, happened. Uh, a flight case. Can so we, the case itself case was heavy because we, it was what, metal. What happened? It's not what you know. It's stuff that. How did, it's not interesting. How did it launch? Because look, we you don't have to. You can make up names to protect. I, I wasn't there. This I was upstairs. Right. I was apparently you know I was just having my records. Uh, my my babies were all right, but um, you know our, this show was uh, we didn't have security. Right. We didn't have a staff. It was right. really it was me and Bob, and most of the time I was really focused on on DJing. So Bob had to regulate the door who could come in, and you know we had interns and whatnot, but. Um, you know, you know how hi- hi- the hip hop crowd is. There's a, l- a lot of people that feel like, even before they've gone through the right channels and have have done things in the right way, they feel entitled to, to be heard. And sometimes no is not a good enough. Yeah, right. and and, uh, and we dealt with a lot of dangerous people. Really, 
Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. So, well, what was the scary situation, man? You don't even have to mention the names. What was the I scary? was never scared on the air, right. but but I was scared. On never the air. scared. I mean, I'm, it's good that Bob, you know, didn't I used share. to answer the phone calls and right. he used to get death threats. <laughs> he didn't About share that what? With, like what? He didn't like, share that with me. Otherwise, my hands would have started shaking. Like <laughs> dudes would call up and be like, "Yo, I'm gonna be waiting for you outside tonight when you get off the air." About what? Here. You know, I don't know. I mean, we used to diss a lot of people, you know. <laughs> no, we used to diss a lot of people. And now let me ask you. Like, like, we, we, we were pranksters, you this know. This is I mean? the so, next question though. Yeah. Like like you guys were, you know, in the in the prime of your life, man, the women loved you guys. Like women used to come to the show, right? Like like right? Like why are you giving me that look, Bob? I can't I can't talk about this. Like you guys were like young sex symbols in New York City, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> Yes. Hey, hey, Vanessa. Hey, hey, Vanessa. Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Vanessa. <laughs> no, like yes, you guys had groupies, right? Nah, uh, not groupies. I mean, not groupies in the sense of like, like artists on the roads, but you had, you had, you had group, you had, you had girls that adored you. Like I, I saw it. Okay, so yeah, we did, we did. Right now, were, were dudes calling up like, "Yo, was my hey, girl up yo. there?" <laughs> no, no, not like that. No. What are you talking about? I didn't know you was. Yeah, no, so. The, the, no. <laughs> Got you, got you. Nah, never, no, no, never the beef was only no over violation. over music that we played or artists that we had on the air. And, or music we didn't play. Right. Or, yeah. oh, uh, yo, that, that, that record concept, that's, that's my, yo, I gave, I gave you a demo with that concept. Now, yeah. you jack, you jack like my that. Oh, yo, like you just yo. had an MC on and, and, and my name is the same name. How you had him on when you know me and dumb dumb rapper shit. And now exactly. you know the yeah. dude who's going to put on my record, who's a well-known drug dealer, has a you know he said he's going to kill both of you. Jesus, Jesus, Bubba. Like, so, how, how do you, how do you remain cool? Can under I, that? Is, was that vague enough? Yeah, but, it was very vague. Uh, but how do you enough how, detail about? Yeah, but how do you remain cool under that those types of pressures and threats, man? Because you would have to come out and be like, "Yo, are these cats valid? Are these cats selling?" Yeah, well, the dude that 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 said he was gonna kill us definitely was valid. Right. He's no longer alive. Right. Um, He's that valid. Was yeah, that valid? Right. He was valid in, right. in that day, and and you know, just had to rely on the the good graces that, in general, people loved us. Yeah. You know, and, and in general, and in general, we did right by. It. You guys have everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Listen, also, if, if you really wanted to get us out, that means waiting till like 5.30 a.m., that's late. Yeah, you got to be real. Like, you got to be you a hitman. Not worth it. Hitman. <laughs> you got to be a real hitman. Most hitmen are probably like, oh, man, I, yeah, I want to be in bed by 4 a.m. outside. I'm, I'm going to take a nap. I'll hear them when they come out. Yo. 6 a.m., we're gone. He's, he's on the lawn he's sleeping. Like, yo. Yo, yo. I think Hashtag we put a donut. We put a donut. Uh, put a donut <laughs> we love a note. Next time, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> yo, um, I want to quote you, Bobito. You said in 1995, Jay Z was hustling. He was arrogant as all hell. What do you? Where you got that from? I got that from the New York Times. Or okay. Uh, um, uh, research. Yeah, research. Like, uh, like, 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 talk about that, man. Like, well, uh, Jay Z, yeah. who became probably one if not the second or first most influential artist that ever came out of your studio. Sure, sure. Um so again like Stretch like Stretch said, you know, he was focused on okay, I got to, you know, play records for 4 hours. I got my blends got to be right, you know. He's going from a dat blending in a, a acetate from the dat. Yeah, a lot going on. Right. Me, I was the one that was answering the door, you know, answering the phones. And uh, and so you know, if an artist showed up, I was the one that greeted them and basically, yo, chill in the waiting room until we can get you on. Right. 
And then I was the one that grabbed him and like, yo, we're going to go on, you know, da, da, da. So, uh, you know, I mean, Jay came up to our show at least like maybe four or five times. Right. Um, and in those appearances wasn't necessarily the warm person that, you know, you see now right, right. when we interview him, you know, 20, 20 years later uh, in our film, Stretching by Vito Radio That Changed Lives. Available uh, on Showtime. Yeah, Showtime yeah, on yeah, demand. Yeah. But um catch it. But yeah, I mean he was he was definitely cocky. I mean, you know, he he carried himself with an air that almost like he he saw his future right. and was like, yo, I know I'm gonna be that dude. And he he manifested his own, you know, calling like by making that happen. But I'm I'm saying I'm sure what I said to the Times that like he was doing his his business, you know, at the time. And I'm sure that allowed him some confidence that maybe other people didn't have. Because, you know, artists artists would come to our show and, you know, we didn't know this back then either, but a lot of them revealed, like Eminem, was like, yo, he was, I was, I was nervous. Busta Rhymes said nervous. in the film, he was like, yo, I would have been glad if y'all forgot to ask me to rhyme because right. we were nervous. Like, right. You know, I don't, I don't think Jay was nervous to come up to our show, but uh, he definitely, you know, he was just a cocky dude, man. He was thinking, like, so many steps ahead. He was cocky though. He was so cocky. Yeah. Cuz I remember the But first, he ba- but you know what he eventually he backed, he backed, he it, backed up. it all up. He backed it all up. I was just looking at him like, "Yo, my dude, like you you have a 12-inch deal. You're nice." Yeah. But like you're carrying yourself like you're the the Yo. greatest thing that ever lived. For, you're not proven right, yet. Right. Like like you know, have I think every every artist has, should have a level of humility about them, but you know, I mean, when we when we're talking about dudes Jay liked to battle people. Yes, you know he liked to love to he, battle, and and he that that on was your it. home turf. Yeah, and drive through neighborhood. Where's LL? Yeah. Where, 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 exactly. Yeah. You know, so I mean, and so he carried himself in and and the way a boxer does walking into the ring. That's you know that's who he was. Yo, true story. The first time I met him, he came into to, to the law office, and I was mm-hmm. like, yo. I've never seen a silver chain that 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 shiny. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and so I think I'm the dude that he's talking about. You think my shit is silver when it's platinum? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's a nice silver chain, guy. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys have talked about it a lot, and this is what I'm leading up to, man. Like, did you know it was history when him and Ella and, and Big L were were were, were we're, we're taping a freeze. Did you know? No. Nah. No. It wasn't. It wasn't at the time. I mean, all of our all of our nights were history. Well, I mean, it wasn't all it wasn't more historic than any other good night. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's crazy. I mean, it's, it's, but uh, what's 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 funny is now. I mean, I think I think now because it's Big L and Jay Z, right. and because what that 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 episode means, um, I've I've giving it so much more attention now than right. I did even back then. Right. And I didn't back then because it was just another night. But now that I've listened to it so much, I'm so much more impressed with both of them than yeah. I was back then. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, L was just like the dude who would, because he was a local Harlem cat, so he he came up to the show at least. It was his turf. He came times. up he, five times. He's five one times. of the most the most regular Dudes on the show. He had a, he had a Carte key Blanche. to our door. Exactly. Right? Whenever you want to go. And, and that, so, you know, and it wasn't like L will come up to promote his new album or his new single. L was just like, yo, I wrote some rhymes. I want to. And he was I like the, he was like the, the, the home crowd favorite. So I think so much more aware of, of L and less 
Jay, and I think Jay's um, his his aura and his cockiness made him probably less appealing mm. to me. Right. Um, but looking back, I'm like, yo, how did, how did I not? How, how did was you I not, not pick up on that? In awe of how bananas he was on yeah. that episode. Yeah. I mean, it's really. It and doesn't his, sound his like 19. Crazy. What year was that? 96. 95. Doesn't 95, sound like 95. 95. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys ended up on the Arsenio Hall show. I, I did. No, Stretch did. I mean, I went. But I went Bob as a, came, just as a came with support. Me. Yeah, yeah. How? I carry Stretch's records. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I probably um, did. Right. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past me. I mean, I was his boy. So I think know. Arsenio happened because it was um, the biggest show. Yeah. On television at the time. Yeah. 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 And then. Oh, yeah. Oh. It was the biggest <laughs> show, not just on television, but also the biggest show in the hood. In the hood, yes. Like, everybody was watching. And, and how did y'all get on that, man? Um, I think it really was, it was an industry thing. Um, I think they had reached out to Shelby Mead. What? Who, to this day, is a, she is a friend do, of mine. Uh, She's a publicist. publicist at, at Electra. At Electra, yep. yeah. yeah. Um, cool peoples. I think she was at. MCA before that she was Eric being Rakim's publicist um and they I think I think whoever was doing talent for Arsenio reached out to her and said yeah we want to get some some DJs on the show and I think for several weeks each week they had a DJ and I was one of the DJs um how was that man like like how cocky did you feel at the time man oh I, I was nervous right I've never been on, I've never been on TV before but but how cocky and did I'm, you feel and that I'm you not, made it to that level man but because Shelby hooked it up, I didn't feel I didn't really believe that it you happened because of your merit of who I was. Right. right? I think it was like, oh, Shelby made that so, happen. Right. And you know, that's the more you n- learn about showbiz, a lot of it, the behind the scene machinations are. That's what it is, right? It's like someone picks you, and that's and and it happens, right? Um, there was no like uh, survey. Who are your favorite DJs? Oh, it's stretch. <laughs> Let's get them on. But the fact that I was, you know that I was showing up on people's radars at, at labels and publicists and whatnot, that meant something. And certainly in New York, in the downtown scene, I was, you know, I was kind of... Popping? Kind of popping. Poppington? So um, that's how that happened. But no, I was I was nervous because I, w- I was never a showman or a battle DJ. So you can't be like, all right, stretch, give me 30 seconds. And, and sh-. I was more like the guy that could go six hours right. and take you right. on a, on a musical marathon. journey. You're the marathon. Yeah, so, you know, doing... Do, we got to stretch our arms on. Get busy. Like, what do you want me to do? You got you got a few hours. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but you know the highlight of that of that uh, of that whole. I think it was. I think I did it more than once. Right. It was I don't like, remember. I, just, I, I was like a few days one. in a row. I'm right. not. I'm, I don't really remember. But but Fat Joe was in town, and Joe really love that clip in the documentary. You got to see the movie. Joe really wasn't known, right. but I knew he was in town, and I saw Arsenio backstage, and and. You know, I think it's a reflection of the kind of guys we were on the radio. We loved exposing the unknown right. to to a wider audience. And so Joe was a dude who had a, you know, he had a single out on Relativity. Um, at the time, I didn't think he was the nicest MC. I think Joe, maybe more than anyone, is, is like over his career is probably like mm. the most improved. Yes. Consistent. From where he started to where he's na- at now. It's I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And has had some of the biggest commercial records, and he comes from DITC. And I mean, it's it's just bananas. Props All to Joe. All the way up. Props to Joe. Um, so he was there. I told Arsenio he was there, and, and you know, I didn't know that. I didn't know he didn't know that Arsenio was going to bring him out, but he did. 
and that's in the that's in the film. That's amazing. It's, it was a crazy episode, and 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 the hilarious thing was was later on that night, I went to uh, I went to Joe's hotel just to say what's up, and he was he was drunk. He'd been drinking since the show. He couldn't believe he was on Arsenio. I was on Arsenio. He my. was he was in Cali doing like low budget radio college radio run. Now he's on Arsenio. That's crazy. So he was, he was done. Done with the run. That's he's like, crazy. I've done my work. I'm going back to New York. I'm going to be the hood hero. That's but crazy. But I saw him that night. I was tired. <laughs> I wanted to go back to my hotel. He would not let me leave the hotel. He's like, no, you got to have a drink. I had a drink. Another drink. I'm like, Joe, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go, Joe. <laughs> no, Joe. I got to go. I got to go, Joe. And I swear, I'm leaving, and and he's he's physically not letting me leave. I'm That's like, dope, tr- man. Like, taking his hands up like Joe I gotta go <laughs> Yo. he ends up in the hallway and he's on and you the don't floor. say no to fat Joe he's though. on the floor you don't say no to fat hugging Joe. my legs <laughs> you can't go and, I, and <laughs> I, mean, I eventually got away yeah I did the OJ Yo. <laughs> but it, it's it's such an indelible and I mean just meaningful moment for me yeah. like you Amazing. know in terms of like just where Joe has gone and 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 that moment just to be and Bob was Bob was on that trip with me. It was it was bananas. Amazing. How hard was it to get some of these artists uh to appear on the documentary? Like you got Jay Z, you got Eminem. Like how difficult was it Nas. to get them? Nas. Um well even those just those three, like 'cause you it's hard to get Nas. Well you those know, those are the three hardest ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah Eminem on you know, actually, you know, once um once it was obvious that this that this film was that had had legs and was really happening, um, Paul Rosenberg really accommodated us and and gave me a date. And um, Bob wasn't available, you know. Bob, you know, um, you know, w- when one of us couldn't do something, the other would would, would would pick up the pick up the slack. But we had to go to we had to go to uh, Detroit because he was doing a, a video shoot. Right. And uh, me, our producer Omar Acosta, and our sound guy uh, Chris, we we got we rented a car and we drove to Detroit, and sat with M for not quite an hour, but um, it was uh, you know, I think I think if Bob had been there, we would we we probably would have had more questions because right. Bob, being the 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 director and writer, had I think probably a clearer vision at that point of what we needed from Eminem specifically. Mm. I was kind of going off of what, what what the questions were uh previously and, and I think the interview was, you know, it we we got we what got we needed. We needed. Got, yeah, you got the money shot. Um yeah. but um but it was dope. Quote. it, it yeah, was quote. you know Paul was Paul was was great. And right. uh you know Paul doesn't forget um you know where you know how you know M's time in New York before he blew up and, and you know what the show meant. To you, him, and even even before he came right. to New York, because because back in Detroit, you know, when they were, you know, that 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 click, you know, and what it was the hip hop shop, was, you know, our show really, you know, rang Resonated. bells and 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 meant something right. to to them out there. So it was dope that he reciprocated. Did you have any idea with regard to Eminem that he was going to blow? Uh yeah. When I heard when I heard the album, right. But but he was on a, but he was on the show before that album, right? Mm-hmm. Did you have any idea? He was right. Right before, yes, yes. But it was so at that point. Um, I mean, so for me, speaking for me, when 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 Royce and M came up, that was like the tail end of of my tenure right. at WKCR, right. and a lot of the most of the shows from from around that time, like I I really was kind of half into it. Right. But that show felt like 
1994 mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they just blacked out right. and <laughs> just, they just rhymed for like I they just, did the I nine just, minute I, nine minute freestyle. I threw I threw on four beats. They never stopped. It was just seamless back and forth. And I know that you know me and Bob probably looked at each other while that was happening. And and in that moment, like all the tensions and and weird shit that was going on between us just faded into the background, and it and it just felt right. And I think if, if there were more moments like that and more cats like Royce and M, just that were populating the 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 ecosystem, the ecosystem. You know, maybe maybe the show would have gone on right. longer. I don't know, but that was that was a magical night, and um, yeah, I'm glad it happened. So the or, weirdness was because you fell out of love with the quality artists that were coming on the show. Would you say that? It's just the music in general. Right. Also, the the types of people that were gravitating towards towards the industry because it it becomes a lucrative. Right. So people that you know, a lot of people that would have been into it before were just doing it because they love to be around artists. They 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 were aspiring engineers, producers, DJs, MCs. They just wanted to be a part of it. Was of a creative milieu. Exactly. It was a it was it was a it was a scene, an, yeah. ar- an artistic scene, and <laughs> and you know how it is. Once yeah. once platinum became a thing, like you know. You're getting these plat and drug dealers right. who are now managers, and like it just mm. became, and you know, Hot ninety seven changed everything, and it became harder for me to. Press run. It was never really about me, you know. I I need the exclusive, but when you got when you got DJs on Hot ninety seven telling labels if you give Stretch the record first, I'm not going to support it. Right. It just became like this is this is just a wax scene. Yeah, and was it hard? It was it that difficult for you to to express that to Bobito, man. Oh, listen, back back then and we had we had very um different reactions to the changing scene. Right. So me, I, I started championing artists that were um you know, I got really deep into like heavy hood New York, you know, Queensbridge, Trash Mot like I just was really into that and not not because of what the lyrics were, not because of what what the messages were. I just just the production and right. just that that vibe and Bob you know went a little bit to the left and was championing you know a little more left field experimental progressive and and I think um you know there's a there's this caricature that you know Bob was just into like weirdo rap and I was just into <laughs> thug, rap. thug and that's right. that's a simple oversimplification because right. there's a lot of overlap Bob was into a lot of like a lot of hard hood shit and I was into a lot of you know left field stuff as well um but uh, you know, we kind of we took you know divergent paths, and um, and I think for Bob it, it was easier to continue because the stuff he was championing didn't conflict with anything else. It right. was just like an open lane, and he became the man for that. Whereas I was actually on the territory where I had to compete with a lot of other DJs because the types of records I was into right. were a part of a of a scene that was was a subsection of a of a larger, more popular, expanding um, hip-hop uh, word. Give me a word. Ecosystem. Mil- exactly. Mil- we Mil- said that three times. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, the, that's the word you, of the night. So, yeah. So, you know, and, and it's funny because I look back now and, and, and sometimes people will, will hit, me to, hit me to records that I didn't know about back then or, or you know, I, I'm like this crazy archivist and I've got, I've got probably a hundred shows that I wasn't a part of right. either because I wasn't there or or they were shows that Bob did after I stopped going to KCR. Right. And I'm, I'm listening to these and I'm like, oh, 
It's just a bang. Some of these records I'm not feeling at all. Right. But some of these are dope. Right. <laughs> what happened? What, what happened? You know, it's just, you know, you, you only see what you see. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I I think in 1990, 91, 92, when we were both on the same page, I think I think we knew, like, every rap record that was coming out. Right. By, by 96, 97. It was it like, just not was so like, much. You know, the UPS man would come but it was and a, wake me up. I'd be like, "What? What garbage is he bringing?" Right. Yeah. But you know so what? I would just—I don't want—I don't want the records. Right. And then I, I would miss out on right. some. But I can relate, man, because the the more the more I spent in the industry, I came in such a a pure fan of everything. But like by ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, but I was like, I don't—I don't want to hear none of this shit. Thank you. I don't want to hear none of it. At, at, no, at, no, 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 at, right at, at the time. <laughs> and it's—it's it's kind of funny because when I left the industry. In in '04, I mean, it took me that long to leave. But when I left the industry, first artist that I gravitated to was Doom, because mm. it was like it's, it uh-huh. took me back to an era uh-huh. where there's yeah. no limits as to what our artists can do, man. Yeah. You know, one of one of my last questions, man. Like, how ill was it when y'all did that uh, reunion show a couple of years ago, man? Because mm. I just which, remember which one the the the, the first reunion oh, at show, the Poisson Rouge. Yes, on when that when freezing I freezing night. Yeah, I just remember <laughs> the entire internet. Like the entire Twitter was just locked in. Oh we no, had, you talking about the, the reunion broadcast? The reunion oh, broadcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the, the yeah, we were concert. we were trending on on Twitter that Yo, night. Yo, we were uh, trending on Twitter. That was crazy. Yeah, like, how was that night, man? How did that feel, man? I mean, that that that, that was a highlight. Yeah, because it's y'all. That took might it, have been one of the best shows we've ever done. You took it like, back. Period. You took it back. Like you did one of the impossible things, and you guys transported us all. Back to, to 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 what the show was back then. Yeah. Right? Why well, we even had corn at pizza in the studio. <laughs> What's that? I, well, that was a. That was a <laughs> I'm not a, a part. I couldn't go to sleep. Pizza joint. I went back to the crib, the and I I I, I literally I couldn't. I like my mind was it was wired right. Well, I was in 1990 at that right. point. Wow. I, I was taking a shower at the end of the night. It was like 6:30 a.m. and I was like straight and night. I could feel. I could sense. Could smell. 1990. It was crazy. Like that show. He was he was originally gonna go home at 3 a.m. Yeah, right? yeah, that was. My what time did what time did that show start? Well, at like quarter to five. Quarter. I looked at the the one dude there that was from the station, and we just knew we had we had more in us. Let's right. let's pause. We had more. <laughs> yeah, us. that was the first. And time. he said, "Yo, go to six. And we went yeah. to six. And Bob was, you know. That was the first time, like, very like, happy to be yeah. there. People, I mean, you know, we were reminiscing about the show, and and people hadn't heard us talk about the show since we had ended it. That was magic, that was crazy. man. So that was the twentieth anniversary in two thousand and ten, but people hadn't heard us in twelve years. Right. It was twenty? It was tw- two thousand and ten? Was it? Yeah, two thousand and ten was our twentieth. We started right. the show in October nineteen ninety. Right. We ended the show in nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> so two thousand and ten. It's been twelve years since people had heard us on the air, right. and and they're not just hearing us on the air again, like. We're bugging out. We got Lord C up there. We Lost got Professor. Lost Professor up there. We got all oh, the cats. Was Dante up there? Dante Ross? Dante Ross came yeah. through. Eclipse, Riz, Eclipse, E-Kim, Riz, A Track came through. Yo. Like all the all boys that used to come up to the show, you know, like back in the day. DJ so it was Homicide, like all it was like the same Jack. same Crazy. vibe all over again. Crazy, and it was it was this trans transportative experience because I remember we had done an episode that is, night. Is, is yeah. that a word? No, it's not. No, no. I just, I just, it does. I just love it. I like it. Shit. I, yeah. like it. I like Transported it. It's a lot of great vocabulary tonight. Wow. Yo, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember we had done an episode, and me and Dallas Penn were sitting in front of Dallas's crib. I think it was like four in the morning, just listening to y'all. I was like, yo, Dallas, I got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> man. That shit was crazy, man. Yo, yeah. how's it feel, man, looking back 
and looking at all of these creations that, that you guys spawn, so man, like the Combat Jack show, like 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 uh, Lord Seer, like Lord Seer, Lord like like uh, Juan Epstein, like you know, just all these shows that 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 really are committed in one way or another to carrying the torch. What you guys did, how's that feel, man? I I've, I've never really thought about it. Uh, I'm telling you, that's what we. That's, no, and that, I appreciate that's the that. And, and we, people and people, you know, have told. I mean, even you know. The Juan Epstein dudes have told us yes. that to our face, like, yo, like we are a continuation of what you guys uh, did in the 90s. But I, I never really think about it. I just, I'm just thankful, really, that I'm thankful that we were able to put together this film. Because right. now it's like it's a permanent document, yes. you know, it, it, in the best case scenario, like 20, 30 years from now, people will still be watching it and still be learning or, or reminiscing if they, you know, experienced it back then. Um, and, I think what's what's interesting for us is that we're about to return to radio. This is great. And <laughs> it's it's going to really bug people out. Right. Bro, that's going to be so It's going to bug people out. Right. Because we have so much to talk about. I'm sure y'all do, man. And uh, <laughs> no, no more creative differences, Stretch? No more... No more nah, weirdness? No, we're, 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 we're in, in a, a, such a good place. Yeah, right we're in, now, a, in a... In a, in a it's like a 1990 rhythm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's dope, man. And we've... Listen, I mean, we spent... We've spent a lot of time together making this film, touring the film, Word. traveling with the film, yep. DJing together yep. in like on like twenty countries over the last yep. year. Dubai, London, Berlin, Milan, Bologna, Atlanta, Chicago, Bogota, Amsterdam, Word, Rotterdam, Bogota. yeah, Word. Uh, San Francisco, Los right Angeles, mm-hmm. stamps. Oakland, stamps, passport uh, book, stamps. Steps. <laughs> we're having a ball, yo. Yo, that's dope, man. Mm. That's dope, man. Bob, so what, what, what are your views on in terms of like, what are you scoping for the for the next documentary, man? Oh, I'm already in pre-production. It's going to be an autobiographical documentary of my life and really? music, basketball, and sneakers. So it's going to be like Just for Kicks meets Doing in the Park, Pick Up Basketball, NYC meets Stretching My Beat or Radio wow. to Change Lives. Um, with, with some foundation of my personal story, which, you know, which is trying to tell the narrative of our story as well as the narrative of our listeners right. and the artists in one film in 90 minutes was so you know you sacrifice a lot so i want to like 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 get more in depth of, of what i went through to get to the point where i got hired at def jam and then you know what happens after def jam and how def jam leads to nike and nike leads to you know it just yeah it's so. crazy man you've lived a charm life man I have, man. You lived the charm life. Not yeah. that you haven't, Stretch. I mean, you lived the charm life too, man. Yo, I'm, Bob is like, uh, like a huge inspiration to me. You know, it's like, I, no, no, for real. I, you know, I, I was, I was blessed to have a lot of success that I didn't even appreciate. You know, in some ways, because right. I was really young, right? As, as a DJ, and it came, it came, came relative. Rel- it didn't come easy, but it came effortless. Yeah, because I was so. It just was a. I was just kind of obsessed, right? right? You're driven by an obsession. It doesn't feel like work. Right. Um, hmm. Whereas, you know, I, I watched, I mean, Bob's wearing so many hats and so many, and, and so well, and he's been able to really take what he has and turn it into something even greater sort of around every corner. And, um, and it's, it's really inspirational. Seriously. I mean, I, I take my hat off to him. Working, working with him has been, I was waiting for that. Has been, Amazing, and 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 I've I've learned a lot from him, you know. And we used to, we used to live together, and you know we did a show together, and 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 I think I think Bob learned some things from me as well. Oh, of course, but, I want to um, be DJing right now for for stretch. But <laughs> period. Um, 
but Bob's he's a remarkable guy. Like really, he's and and to see someone who's done so much and he's he's self-contained. Right. He doesn't have a manager and like it's it's really incredible. And and <laughs> Bob, you text now because I heard you were. It took you a while to start nah, texting nah, on it. No, no, chill. Do you text? Nah. Bob doesn't text. He only texts me. <laughs> really, you, you don't text people? Nah. What, what, what's, what's up with that, man? Is nah. it some weird phobia shit or what? No, no. I, I think I I'm think... the only one laughing. <laughs> yeah. What kind of phone do you have? Um, I, this is not. not yeah, it's, it's not interesting. It's not interesting. It's I mean, no, it's, it's it's also. Uh, I just feel like there's a culture of communication that I feel like is reliable mm-hmm. and um and you know texting doesn't always provide full thoughts or full information so I like I like right. I, I really like to email people mm-hmm. and and you know be prepared like right. like yo I'm coming here what's yeah. the suite number what's the floor number right. what's the name of the studio I can't be showing up like texting from the elevator, like "Yo, where am I going?" Like you just wanted to be. It's, it's kind of an like, old school. I, I it's kind of people, like an old school way of communicating. Like, I'm, what time is the appointment? I'll yo, be there. We I, I met homeboy at seven thirty tonight. I did a podcast. Like, yo, meet me in the park by the North Court, right on the corner on the north southwest southeast corner of of Gainesville. And I broke it down for him. And you know what? He was there at seven thirty. I was there at seven thirty. We don't no, need to no text each other. Right, right. Yeah, it's simple. Simple. Just leave. Do everything in advance. Prepared and think about details, and you're good. No judgments, man. I yeah. hear you. It works. It, it we it, listen. Telecommunications it is very recent in yes. human hey, history. Hey, we're on Showtime. <laughs> hey, hey, Showtime, big time. Listen, listen, man. You know, you guys are always welcome. I'm glad this finally Thank happened you, with, yeah, with, yeah. with the both of y'all, man. We're, yeah, we're, we're gonna, both. We're gonna us. do it again, but. It's going to be reversed. Yeah, I mean, you really changed our lives, man. So, yeah. I mean, I, I know you changed lives, but you really changed my life. You changed everybody in this Absolutely. room's life. So thank you, man. I'm th- not, not for just being here, but thank you for, for everything that we owe you, man. I That's a, and I speak to a, a, a larger community beyond us, man. We're going to have written questions for combat. Yeah. When it comes I, I wasn't finished with my point. I'm sorry. Enough. I'm sorry. What was your point? But I just want, I just want, the, Cause, list, cause I just want the listeners also to know the grand interrupter. that I wasn't finished, but, okay. we, but we could wrap no, no, it up. No, no, finish, finish. No, no, no. It's all good. No, finish. No, no. I just, I just, I just didn't want the non sequiturs to fly. That's okay. But Damn. I just want to acknowledge that it was there. It's all good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Non sequiturs. <laughs> yeah. that, 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 what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? It. I've heard of it, but I don't know what it means. What does that mean? Come on, guys. I'm not that smart, dude. Listen. The non sequiturs. Yeah, I'm glad they're coming back. Son. Yo, you went to Georgetown, right? Went to Georgetown. What was your reaction when, when to find out the, about the, the slave? I feel like they the owe Jesuit. me a fucking check. Word. Mm. I mean, I spent a lot of money going to Georgetown Law, and, and to find out that that that's their history. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how to. I mean, you know, I'm glad it, you know everything that that's in the dark comes out to light. I'm glad that that's been unearthed. But you know, I'm like, yeah, I spent a lot of money going to Georgetown. Have you been got, speaking about that on the show? I haven't. This is the first time I'm speaking. I got about a question. It. Yeah. So, um, coincidentally, yeah. Um, so my girlfriend, she's Venezuelan. Um, so I. I I think in, in in the context of the United States, she's, she'd be considered a, a person of color. Yes. I asked her if she knew about Roots, the mm-hmm. original. Right. And I downloaded it, and I and I, I just randomly opened up uh, one of the files, and it was a scene with OJ. Remember this? Yes. Yo. But this this was the Roots sequel. It wasn't the original Roots. It was, I think, Roots. No, that's the original Roots. He was in the original this Roots? This is before Kunta Kinte gets taken. OJ, yeah. Yeah. Damn. And it's just... It's Surreal. Just, 
Yeah, it was so crazy. To Roots see. had everybody. So crazy, yeah. It had every black actor from the 70s. So here we are, then, then you know, three weeks later, we find out that there's a Roots reboot. Yes. And then, and then Snoop came out and said yeah. that. You know, what do you say? I'm, I'm clueless. Uh, he's he wants people to boycott the reboot. He really? says I don't want to re I don't want to see something that just you know regurgitates that- such a painful thing. And wh- yeah. why do we have to talk about this over and over and over? So let's create a new um, narrative right. for success in anyway black culture. If, if if you if you didn't catch what he said, then it's I guess it's a move. No, but I understand. But- I understand. I understand the point. I was just going to ask what 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 your take on that because I've I've seen some pretty compelling rebuttals to that right you know i think i do understand that there's you know the the it's it's late in the day where you know the 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 narrative the slave narrative like the the there's this misconception particularly in eastern i mean in western um ideology that you know black people's history started with slavery Mm. you know um but at the same time man white supremacy never ends never ends it's it's 24 7 across the globe you know and i think it's something that that we have to just keep reminding because i remember as recently as two years ago before the whole black lives matter thing happened i would always talk about white privilege and even some of our own listeners would be like what the fuck are you talking about just give it a break but it never ends so i think i understand for some of us the narrative gets tired but we can't stop telling that narrative. people we have to keep educating i think we need to broaden the lane in terms of how our history is is portrayed i'd love to see you know, something about um, Carthage, you know, something about Hannibal. I'd love to see, you know, the Haitian Revolution told, you know, on screen. Mm, mm. You know, we need to see more. We have to see Stretch, a, a white. has been doing a lot of reading. Yeah, about that, that's Haitian. huge. I mean, that's huge. That changed. I mean, if it wasn't for the, for the Haitian Revolution, we wouldn't have acquired Louisiana, which made America the superpower that it is purchase. today. Yo, Haiti's history is crazy. That's a movie. It's it's, it's a beyond movie. a movie. Yeah, exactly. You couldn't make this. Oh, up. you know I'm Haitian. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, we need to see that. But yeah, I think they was doing a movie where Most Def was supposed to play uh, Toussaint L'Overture. Mm-hmm. But in the, I don't. Love, L'Overture. I'm sorry. I, you know, L'Overture. Listen, I can't be as sharp as you guys. Right. It's Tito's. No, that's okay. That's okay. You know what I'm saying? You drinking that Tito's? <laughs> no. But Tito's got you slandering our black little history, bit, black man. Bit. Uh, a <laughs> bit. But nothing ever came out. You never. You don't hear about it. It's anymore. not. It's an uphill battle. I know that. Um, What's his name? Uh, Glover. What's his name? The the, the Dan- uh, Danny, Danny Glover has yeah. been pushing a, a one man battle to get this movie yeah. funded yeah. for over a decade. But you yeah. know, I, I hear Snoop, but the stories have to keep coming in, man. Until there's a, there's, I saw an article, um, and uh, I think there was a, a a film made about Nat Turner's life. Oh yeah, the, Birth of a Nation. Uh, um, Birth of a Nation. That's and, coming out, and, and mm. it uh, it it got the most. Sundance. Um, at Sun, it got yeah. the most uh, offer from Sundance. Yeah, it's about to come like, out. I think yeah. that's going to change the game. And once again, man, like to to see a, a slave movie from the perspective of a real bloody rebel, uh, rebellion, mm. we have to see that. We got we got to you know we we got to see that, man. Have you, have you read Avengers of the New World? No, that's that's the book I read. Okay, and it is Avengers I mean, of the New I World. Just could not put it down, but yeah, I'm gonna check it out, man. Yeah. Look at us getting all deep and political Spy right here. Laurent Dubois. I'm going to pick it up. Avengers of the New World. Yeah. yeah all right. I'm going to pick that up, man. Ill. Thank you again. again we, uh, we have we got a lot to talk about yes. in the part two of this, which will take part place you know, <laughs> part on, on our turf. Yeah. On Stop your turf. Lasai. Yo. Yeah. Reg, thanks, man. No, Combat. Thank yes, sir. It's all right. It's all right. Call me what you want. So <laughs> call me jerk face. <laughs> Yo, King. What's Yo. up, man? We got to do a book club or something, man. 
Educate the internet. Combat Jack Show Book Club. Word up. Let's set it up. We man. need that. Anything you want to say before these we... other nig nogs ain't doing it? You want to say anything before we leave, man? Yo, we just thank did you it. guys, man. You guys are the blueprint, the continued blueprint mm-hmm. for all of our lives, mm-hmm. man. And um, from the artist, artist to the to the to the journalist to the radio people, it continues. You guys. Salutes, man. Salutes, man. Good look at yeah. Internets, you know what it is, man. Dream those dreams and then man up, woman up, and live those dreams because a life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Black. That's my, that's my older Frankie Crocker and then the DJs. <laughs> <laughs> in those, in those days, man. Thanks, man. You know, they always that's had dope. those little, you know what I'm saying? Illuminati! This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan, and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Networks production. Yo, this is Mark from L.A. I'm originally from Philly. Go back to before Sugar Hill Gang. And please, please, please tell Combat Jack to go back to his uh, previous interview style where he would actually listen sometimes and stop over-talking a person. And nobody really cares about what he thinks about the, the subject. We want to hear from the um, the interviewees, not the interviewer. So if people please just be quiet. It would be such a better podcast. Peace.